1: com slash weight loss.
2: Connecting to the big show. In three, three, two, three,
0: two, one. That's the job of the government is us, but it's us that still go out, walk their lives away, pay for all detectives, pay for absolutely everything. I've not seen any guards. I've seen more parking enforcement officers than I've seen guards. I'm not going to change. I'm not going to not be myself, and there's nobody going to take that from me. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96, 96, 96.
2: Extra WhatsApp 083 396
0: Email opinion at 96fm.ie.
2: This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. 96 FM.
3: Don't tell me I didn't tell you. Uh, I hate starting any morning by going "I told you so," but I did tell you, and I did t- predict here Monday that they'd win that vote and win it handy. They actually won it. Now, to be fair, they won it handier than I thought they'd win it, eighty-three to sixty-eight. Uh, A lot of people didn't vote actually I'll tell you who in a minute And we'll discuss the politics of it in a little while But I knew I knew that they'd win that vote To uh, get rid of the eviction ban I'll tell you something else as well And I'll confirm this in a minute With our pal Adam Higgins at Leinster House They'll win They'll beat the Labour vote as well The, The Labour no confidence vote It's just how this Pantomime works Nobody actually wants an election if they were to lose out to the Labour vote next week, there would be a general election. They'd have to be. Uh, they won't, uh, because nobody wants one. And No matter how much they'll go and bay about it and talk rubbish about it in the papers and whatever. They are social media. They don't want an election. Not now. Not for the world. None of them do. Your cock TDs last night in that particular vote, sixteen out of the eighteen voted. Um, for some reason, I don't know what the reasons were. Simon Coveney didn't vote, and Donogh O'Leary didn't vote. Now, were they present in the doyle? I'm not entirely sure, but they didn't vote either way. All of the remaining Fionnphol and Gael voted for ending the eviction ban. Labour's Sean Sherlock voted against it. Holly Cairns of the Social Democrats voted against. The two Sinn Feiners, Pat Buckley and Tommy Gould, they both voted against it. Mick Barry. Voted against it, and Michael Collins down west, the Independent, voted against it. So you had 10 of our Cork TDs out of the 18 that represent us, 10 of them voted in favour of uh, ending the eviction ban. Six of them voted against it, and two of them didn't vote. I don't know what the reasons for them not voting, but they didn't. Those are the figures. Now, we'll talk more about that in a little while, and I want your view. On how your Cork TDs voted last night. Your local TD, how did he or she vote? Uh, well, how did he or Holly Cairns vote? Because we've only got one female TD in all of Cork. Um, how did your local TD vote? How do you feel about the way your local TD voted? As I said, everyone in Finnefoyle and Finnegale voted to end eviction ban with the exception of Simon Coveney who either wasn't there or didn't vote I'm not too sure which I'll check that with Adam in a minute Uh, Donaghulera didn't vote but his other Sinn Féin colleagues uh, Pat Buckley and Tom Gould voted against Mick Barry voted against Michael Collins voted against and Sean Sherlock of Labour voted against so that's how the cards fell I want to know how you feel about how your TD your local TD Voted uh, last night. I'll come back to that, but Jordan has been in touch with the opinion line at 0818969696. Jordan, you wanted to raise a point and raise an angle to this evictions ban that maybe some people are missing. Morning.
4: Morning, BJ. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, just to give you a bit of background information. So I'm currently living with my girlfriend and her mother. Um, My girlfriend's father actually built a house before he passed away um, here in Fomoy. And in the last number of years, we've actually been trying to get into the house the last year or so. Um, And we actually have a tenant living there at the minute. I should say her mum has a tenant living there. Um, And we can't get into the house due to the eviction ban at the minute.
3: Just so I'm understanding you correctly. So your girlfriend's mum has a house it's currently occupied with a tenant she wants to give it to your girlfriend she wants her and presumably you to live there but she can't because the tenant's in situ and the eviction ban stops her removing the tenant
4: absolutely PJ so we're in a situation where if we've we've had after handing in the notice for the nine months which is due at the end of April um and if if the ev- eviction ban stays, then we could be talking, as I say, in January before we can get any movement on this. Um, however, we're living with the mother-in-law. It's obviously very hard um, for all of us.
3: So she did, um, she, again, just to clarify, she did serve an eviction notice on the tenants. And you say they're good people. This, absolutely. Is, no, this is nothing personal. We just no. want the house. She did serve a notice on them. That's due to expire soon. But if the ban stays in place, you're you're again. No, We
4: have no obligations to get them out, you know. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of a difficult situation, which could leave us in in the in the boat of being homelessness, you know.
3: Yeah. You're one of the categories of people, I think, Jordan, that we might forget in discussing this
4: this issue. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I feel that feel feel that's the problem. I mean, um, my girlfriend or partner has actually emailed every. Every t d that it may extends to to email um just to drive drive on our point as well, you know that there there is two sides to this story it, it, and it won't actually curve the homelessness as much as we're hoping for or in yeah. my opinion anyway. Yeah.
3: You also have people who are coming home from overseas and they can't access housing because their parents or someone connected to them has a tenant in a place. They might absolutely. want to give it to the returning immigrant, but they can't. That's a complication of the eviction ban.
4: Absolutely, absolutely. And um, I suppose another good point there is, um, for example, if if there's a family of three who have a, an extra house and one of them has a medical problem and need to sell the house for money for to to deal with a medical problem, then they're left in a situation that they also can't sell the house at the minute to cover any medical expenses, et cetera. Yeah. You know, so so there's that side of it as well. I mean, there's good and bad things. Do you I do I think thing that
3: thing. sometimes we're inclined to? And I've been chatting about it here for the last few days. And when I'm quoting experts who actually work on the front line of homelessness, all saying, "Please don't do this to the government." Uh, do you feel sometimes, Jordan, that you know cases like yours are being forgotten?
4: I think we, with the um, with the amount of homelessness that the country is facing at the minute. That uh, a big a big focus is on that um, where the, the lads like ourselves are kind of just being kind of pushed off to the side, you know. Um, I mean, I know a lot of my mates now who are sleeping on couches and stuff like that. Yeah, they're, they're not being classed as homelessness, but yet they've no home to go to, like only a mate's couch or whatever the case may be. Yeah.
3: The problem is bigger than, than we know. I mean we have the official figure comes out every month, it's eleven thousand, nearly twelve thousand. But you're right there, the the amount of couch surfing that's going on the actual yep. figure is much higher.
4: Absolutely, absolutely. We're we're gonna be facing homelessness uh than ourselves, do you know? Mm. Um all all that we can hope is that the government decide to go a U turn on the decision um and not extend it. Um, however, if if they do extend it, I mean, I'd like to see some terms and conditions where whereupon house owners can give it back to their daughters that, that yeah. need it, you know.
3: Yeah. This is where we talk a lot about property rights and how much of property rights are protected by the Constitution. This is your mother-in-law owns this property. I, I think a lot of people forget your situation, Jordan. Your mother-in-law owns the property. She she wants you and your partner to have the property, but she can't give it to you because of the eviction ban.
4: Yeah, you're, you're spot on, PJ, you know?
3: And all you're doing is asking people to consider your situation. Yeah,
4: to, to just hear the side of the story that we have as well as, you know? Right.
3: Jordan, thank you for your call. Appreciate it.
4: PJ, thank you very much
3: it is it is a side to the story uh, where the you, um, you can see the position jordan's in and you you've people coming home from overseas like i mentioned while i was talking to him people who've been away for a couple of years sons and daughters who've been away for a few years and they decide to come back home now and they say i'd you know can i move into the apartment that or the house that dad or mom owns and said well you could but we've someone living in it and uh, renting it and we can't evict them so you've got the son or daughter that's coming back from Australia or America or South Africa or wherever they've been they're the ones now trying to get into the rental market so you know there is that side to it Kate says there were 500 people booked to see one apartment on the TV news last night I was watching that 500 people registered to view an apartment, a two-bedroom apartment in Dublin. The estate agent then kind of shook it down to 30 or 40 people. There was a queue on the news. Did you see the Airbnb register has been delayed, says Kate. I have sympathy for some arguments for ending the ban, but the real answer is a comprehensive policy to take care of the people who are going to be made homeless. I can't emphasize this isn't the only people you see on the street either. There are many families living near you in houses that this is going to happen to. They'll probably announce some program or other, but they need to make sure resources are in place too. People can get accommodation, not just join waiting lists. Yeah, the Airbnb thing was a plan to free up 12,000 properties, Um, but the EU have delayed plans for an Airbnb register. There's a ton of stuff out there on Airbnb short-term rentals, making a ton of money for whoever owns them. And look, that's all part of your property rights. If you own a place, you're perfectly entitled to rent it out for Airbnb. But the rules are to change across the EU. They haven't changed now because there's a delay in the EU. So those Airbnb properties are not available now to be used to uh, house people that might otherwise be, be homeless. Others would say, and they would, they would say, Well, I own a place, and I Airbnb it, and it's my property, and I'll do with it as I please. That's an, uh, an, an argument that can be made as well. 0818 96 96 96. I do want to know how you feel, though, about the decision made in the Doll last night. So I'll go
2: through it in more detail just a second.
0: Join the conversation
2: This is the Opinion Line
0: with the Cork City Marathon Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie Cork's 96 FM Cork loves the arts. We do too. That's why we bring you The Arts House.
2: Every Sunday on Cork's 96FM.
0: Hi, it's Elmery. Join myself and Connor every Sunday morning to find out what's
5: happening in the arts all over Cork. There's so much happening. Fantastic festivals with great
0: events for all ages and we'll tell you
2: all about them. The Arts House.
0: Sunday mornings 8 to 10 with Griffin's Potatoes. Planted, picked and produced in Cork. Griffin's Potatoes. The great taste of home. Cork.
2: 96 FM.
3: Before we go to the politics, let's talk to another real person with another real story uh, of how they are affected by this eviction ban. Rebecca, you were just a few months away from having enough money to put down a deposit on on, on a mortgage. Good morning to you.
6: Good morning. Um, yeah. So um, you know, myself and my husband have been saving for many, many years. We've been through many rental properties many rental crises and you know by our calculations January we were going to do it we were finally going to have it um how much we were, how much
3: were we looking to put away
6: um we were going to 40,000 um it's a lot of money to yeah.
3: be saving in in the middle of a rent of, of high rent and all that
6: how how, That's how it how I mean, do you
3: put 40 grand away in the, in with the right way
6: uh, well it's it's been 10 years now that you know, eight or ten years, we've been saving for a house, on and off. You know, uh, like we've been trying to save for a house for ten years for a deposit. But like, you know, when we started renting ten years ago, uh, we were we were living on the Navan Road in Dublin, in a three-bedroom house that we paid eleven fifty a month for. Yeah. <laughs> um, and when the rental pressure zone came in, our rent went up overnight by seven hundred euros a month. Oh dear. So. Yeah. They knew that they were going to be capped, so they immediately put the rent up. We we started moving further and further out of Dublin, and then eventually we realised that it would genuinely be cheaper for us to commute from Cork.
3: To commute.
6: Okay. So wow. Yeah, because we were we were working. Myself and my husband were working. Uh, we were uh, both working full time, and we had our 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 son in crash full time. So there was we were actually out of the house from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. five days a week. We didn't own a car we were like if we just keep the head down and we just flake away we can just get there if we just work really really hard and it's i mean it's a it's a a a fantasy that they tell you that if you just keep working hard and working hard but like you'll be dead before you get there you know what i mean like that's really what it feels like at this point because it doesn't matter how hard you try like it's It's impossible. Like we've in we're in we moved back to Cork, and we were delighted because we were able to come back to our families. But you know, we've paid in this house that we're in right now, we have paid ninety five thousand euros in under five years in rent. Right. And we're supposed to pay that out in rent. We're also supposed to pay for, you know, all you know, we're supposed to pay for the private health care that's required because our health system is collapsing. We're supposed to pay for all of our child's, you know, uh, therapies because the children's disability services have collapsed altogether. Yeah. We're supposed to do all of those things, then pay the, the skyrocketing costs of everything else, but then also never go into your overdraft and save 40 grand. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Who, who can do that? It's not humanly possible. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know. Social housing is, is a is a right and it's a, it's something that I'm really passionate about. Both myself and my husband grew up in a council house. And, you know, it's a really important that we have a functioning system that is a safety net for people who need it. Yeah. But we shouldn't need it.
3: But you, you, we don't need it. You've got this money now put aside. Fair play to you. You can't have had as much as a glass of wine and a packet of crisps, I'd say, for the last god knows how long of a saturday night god bless you
6: um, I, I don't drink or anything so i just
3: yeah yeah you can't afford to drink you poor woman so now your landlord because of the lifting of the eviction ban your landlord will 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 need you to pack your bags
6: yes they've decided that um they want to sell up and look i mean th- that is entirely their right it is not up to private landlords to prop up an entire housing system. Yes. You know what I mean? They bought this house. They wanted to make money out of it. They didn't make as much money as they'd have liked. Whatever, not my, you know, that's their right. It's their house.
7: Yes.
6: It's not up to them to house me and to, to 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 deal with whatever. Do you know what I mean? Yes. I it mean. is our government. Do you know what I mean? Like, the, the reality is that we're like there's a the, housing is a really nuanced and you know it's a complicated thing and and i if they were going to bring I, the whole idea of an eviction ban in the first place was obviously very problematic but mm-hmm. once they pulled the trigger they should have realized what they were going to do because as soon like they would have been better to never do it do you know what i mean because yeah. what they've done now is actually run another half of the landlords in this country So, But we don't need to get more landlords, we need more houses for people to actually buy.
3: Speaking as someone who's done everything right for the last 10 years, and now is facing eviction, and very gracious of you to say look, the landlord is entitled to do what he or she wants with their own house that's most gracious of you but, what are you going to do now?
6: Well, um, we earn too much well my husband does because I'm a carer, an unpaid carer for my daughter. So um basically what what our options are, we can um we can try and negotiate with the landlord to to try and let us stay here and to hold on and um, to wait until we have our money together, but then that means that we have to kind of buy this house at whatever they're asking for. Do you know what I mean? Um,
3: yeah, that's one of the proposals or, now that you'd have first call on that house if the landlord's interested in dealing with you.
6: Is but that—that that, that, I mean, that's the thing. Fall are, are talking about this, and I have emailed me Hall Martin's office about this because I can't understand it. They're putting out all these memes and pictures on social media of all of these of all of these new things that are going to be up and running in in five days, and Osher oh, sure, is going to fix everything. Like you can't interfere with somebody's property rights, like just because you had a brainstorming session in the doll about it it doesn't work like that it requires complex legislation and yeah. if they don't realize that then we are we are far more we are in far more trouble than we ever realized if they can't if they can't see something that that is that obvious
3: that's that's a you know? very important point property rights are protected by our constitution like no other constitution protects property rights that i've ever heard of none of these things they're telling us they'll do are something you can do in a few days because you'll run into constitutional problems That's what you're thinking, isn't it?
6: Well, they, I mean, they came out and they said, oh, it won't require legislation and then, sure, immediately the housing department was like, are you crazy? Of course it requires legislation. You can't just interfere with somebody's right to put their house to market for the best available price, just off the top of your head because you've got a whim. It doesn't work like that. So what and if gonna... they don't get that, like...
3: So what are you going to do, Rebecca?
6: Um, well, we the, the options are basically that we we find a way to get the landlord to sell us this house um or the other option is that like we don't we, we're not entitled to emergency accommodation. we don't get we don't get any of those things, nor should we. but the problem with that is that there's nowhere to rent and when when we have to leave here, we'll be going to a hotel. And we will be paying for that hotel ourselves from our deposit. So what exact I'm not sure exactly what the what we're supposed to do but go live in a hotel indefinitely while our, until our money runs out and then maybe we are entitled to social housing. I mean, is that what they want us to do? Do they want us to, to to pour that down the drain for the the last ten years of of work? I mean, that's kind of what What it's looking like. The other option then is to leave the country because, frankly, I mean, I'm a very proactive and practical person, and this country clearly doesn't want us. It doesn't want our generation. I'm 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 ashamed and I'm so devastated that I brought that I, I, I mean, I used to live in London before my kids were born, and uh, because I emigrated as soon as I could, you know, Mm -hmm. at 18, and I came back and I had my kids here and. I am so I'm so I feel so guilty and so ashamed that I that I brought them back here into this into this country and that you know I that I let my nostalgia for Ireland entice me back to let my children suffer in this country.
3: Rebecca, powerful words. I have no reply to that that ever was, but I thank you very much for speaking with me. Thanks. Wow. Follow that. Let me go to Leinster House, because this young man has a busy schedule this morning. The vote, Adam Higgins of the Irish Sun, 83 to 68. They got it through comfortably. I always knew they would. And let's start with the real meat, Adam. The Labour Party vote of no confidence. They'll beat that as well, won't they? Good morning.
8: Good morning, yes. There will There will be another vote. Uh, of the, the, the no confidence vote comes next week, and it looks like they'll they'll beat that. They may lose a couple of the independents. And another vote again, Sinn Féin are keeping the pressure up on this again, and they're going to table a legally binding motion. So the last motion that was voted on yesterday was non-legally binding. So it wouldn't have really changed anything had it been passed. The new motion that Sinn Féin are putting in is largely the same, but it makes it legally binding. So what it does is puts pressure on those six independents that voted with the government because they agreed to amendments that the government signed off on. But this time there'll be no amendments. The, The wording of it will be do you want the eviction ban to stay or do you want it to go so it puts extra pressure on those six amendments they can't hide behind or those so six independent TDs they won't be able to hide behind that amendment anymore
3: So just Adam for the benefit of the, the ordinary punter here the vote the other night or that vote yesterday has no legal binding but no, this, one, th- this one would have why are they different?
8: So the, uh, it was probably a bit of a slip-up from Sinn Féin in the first place, not to make it legally binding. So the the. The motion that they put down yesterday was really kind of just the DAW wants this to happen. So it would kind of, it's one of these motions that you see a lot from the opposition where even if it does pass, it goes up on the desk and it sits there and gathers dust and the government never really acts on The next motion will be legally binding, meaning that if the DAW passes it, that these TDs are saying that they want the eviction ban to stay and Dahl Aaron is saying that they want the eviction ban to stay. Yeah.
3: That will put more the of the independents they- under pressure, but they would still have the numbers on last night's turnout.
8: Exactly, that's, that's it. Now, I think we'll still have the numbers. I mean, 15, even if you take away those six independent TDs, they'll have more than enough to get through. Now, there was a couple of absentees on both sides of the House yesterday. So even if we do have a full dollar, it looks like the government have the numbers to beat us. Yeah.
3: Just looking on our Cork TDs, Adam, I mentioned that neither Simon, Simon Coveney nor Donna Hulera recorded a vote last night. Maybe you can tell us why. Is that why they weren't there? Is that they weren't there?
8: Yes, they weren't there in the House. So, yeah, so they were they were absent. Oh, oh, we've just lost
3: Adam's line there. Uh, But I think we got the gist of it from him. So there's another vote coming up now. Sinn Féin are going to try this again. And they're going to word it differently and stage it differently. And that would mean it would be legally binding. But as Adam says, it'll be tighter, but they'll have the numbers to defeat that one. The Labour motion of no confidence in the government, which would, if it were passed force in the election, they'll also have the numbers... To beat that, when you have the numbers, you have the numbers. That's the whole basis of politics. We have a massive response. To this top, oh Adam is back. Adam is back. Just uh, yeah. So they weren't there last night. Uh, Donna Calera or, or Simon Coveney. We we kind of know how they would have voted if they were. So the next stage now is Sinn Fein bring forward this other motion of theirs. Labour also tabled the motion of no confidence. Talk to me briefly about Nasa Harrigan. Now she's chucked out of the Green Party. She also takes a, a ten thousand euro salary cut because she loses the chair of a committee.
8: That's right. So uh, NASA Horrigan has voted against the government in the past. She has fallen in this. Um, so the last time she voted against the government, she was given a six-month uh, kind of frozen out of the parliamentary party, basically becomes an independent for the six months. The Green Party felt like they had to go further this time because she was doing it again. And so they've given a 15-month ban. So effectively, NASA Horrigan is now an independent for the next 15 months. She can't have access to the Greens' speaking time. She can't have access to the Greens' parliamentary party meetings. And as you mentioned, she loses her position as chair of one of the Oireachtas committees, which does uh, cut her €10,000 shorter.
3: It kind of what it does is shut her up. And she's an outspoken woman. We've talked to her a lot. She's been huge support here to the Onokurra campaign locally. Will it limit her in the things that she was outspoken on, like Onokurra?
9: No, I don't think it really
8: limits what she says at all, um, and, and she still has her vote, so we mentioned those two votes that are coming up next week, and I think both of us could guess which way she's going to go now. She would probably go against the government, and so it doesn't really impact in, 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 where, in where it hurts the government in the numbers, it doesn't really impact the sort of say she has, and of course she'll still have media time because she's still technically a green T V, even though she's been frozen out by the party. And
3: if it comes to the no-confidence vote that Labour bring, that would that be an all-in, no-absentees, full-house? Could it be tight?
8: It would be tighter, I'd imagine, than last night's vote, but from the looks of last night's vote, I mean, in the run-up to this, there was government TDs who were a bit concerned. I mean, the government benches were packed. There was only those two or three missing. So I think they were nervous yesterday, and that's why you've seen such a big turnout. And I think... After that last night's win being so clear, they won't be as nervous going into the next two.
3: I make a comment here from time to time, Adam, and you'll know this—the answer to this far better than I. There isn't a mood anywhere, including Sinn Féin, for a general election, so nobody really wants this to happen.
10: Well, no, I think Sinn Féin is
8: probably the only ones who would be uh, willing to go to the polls now. At the moment, nobody really—none of the government parties—they're all looking at the polls. And they know this isn't the right time. And you see, yesterday, uh, in, before the vote, in leaders' questions, Tishuk was saying how this government was built to last because he wants this government to go all the way. Because if they pull down now, they have nothing to point to that has been a big success. Because if you look at the housing numbers at the moment, they're way worse than they were. And that was the big thing that gave Sinn Féin their win. So I think what they really want to do is hang on, hopefully let their uh, housing for all policy work. And then they'll see that they can turn those numbers around and tell the electorate, "Look, our plan is working, and and that if you give us more time, we can we can get to the bottom of it." And I think that's what the government are looking for.
3: Okay, all right, Adam. Thank you very much, Adam Higgins, political correspondent of the Irish Sun. You can read his article in the Sun today. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. As I said, enormous. Uh, response to this. I need to talk to Annette and to Brian and to Caroline and to Mary and to Pat and to Sarah. We'll do all that next.
2: Join the conversation This is the Opinion Line
0: with the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie Cork's
11: 96 F- Corks96FM invites you to run the Cork City Marathon.
0: Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie for Sunday, June 4th. Do it now
11: with Corks96FM.
3: Lots of people listening to Jordan earlier on. J- Jordan is one of those people affected by the eviction ban in a way you wouldn't think in that his mother-in-law has a house that he wants to gi- she wants to give to himself and his partner for them to live in. There's a tenant in it they couldn't evict them with the ban in place that's that's one side of the story you don't often hear then tanya says don't forget the landlords who have children going to college and need their house for their family for student accommodation they must be considered too sarah what do you want to say good morning to you
12: good morning how are you
3: very well what's on your (laughs) mind
12: No, I, I just think it's a whole mess. I'm constantly seeing derelict buildings. Sarah, oh.
3: could you get a tiny bit closer to your phone, please? A it, 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 it bit back, bit far back from it.
12: Sorry, I, I'm... Better. It just makes me so angry seeing so many derelict buildings. Just take Castle Marger, for instance. Yeah. There are so many vacant buildings around there. And all around Ireland. Yes. And they're constantly complaining that there's not enough plumbers uh tradespeople and everything. Get the lads in the ETB and that can be their practical work. Get them in and doing something in the vacant houses and renovating them.
3: That's a great idea actually. Get get trainees to come in under supervision and do the do the grunt work.
12: A hundred percent. I mean they're learning and the job's being done. Yeah.
3: You, yeah, I don't know. Well, I know Castle Martyr to drive through it and occasionally stop for a, for a bag of chips in the chipper there. Um, but you're saying there's a lot of property.
12: There's a yeah. hell of a lot of property, but like I said, not only Castle Martyr, it's like there's a lot of towns around and there's so many vacant properties. Same Lismore, same all all over the place. Yeah. But uh, like I said, one minute they're screaming out that they don't have enough tradespeople. Well, get
13: bring back forth.
3: Yeah. Well, there there is a huge, there is a huge shortage of tradespeople. That's the absolute truth because no one's no one's lining up to be an apprentice anymore. So there is a shortage, alright That's for sure.
12: Well, that's just it. But they're making it so difficult for people to go and get these apprenticeships.
3: That too, there is that too. I was talking to an electrician a few months ago. Ken would love to take on apprentices, but it's just not attractive. For them to do it.
12: Exactly. So if they set up something like that, where you're actually going out into these derelict buildings. And like a lot of these buildings have been left there for 10, 15 years. Yeah, yeah. Like, and and just of no use. And you've got all these families that are just in desperate, desperate situations.
3: There are, and there are grants now as well. They put this. I think it's called Konaha, They put this scheme in a grant scheme now. It's like all grant schemes. It's it's desperately complicated, but at least it is there. Thank you, Sarah. Frank. Morning. How are
14: things, Peter? Very good. What do you want to say? <clears throat> um, or just the whole story, like you know, I keep hearing like, repeating and repeating the same stories, and we are we're in the same bandwagon basically, like right now. Um, about 2021, we bought a house after five years of hard savings. Uh, and there's no shortage of sa- savings there like in work. like, like I'm a self-employed and i employed as well. So I have two jobs. Herself has a full-time job and we have a daughter. Um, so hands full, trying to save, bought a house in 2021. And at the time of signing the uh, contracts, the banks... Um, the bank refused to release the money because my company was under the COVID payment.
3: Hang on a second. So you would money, just, just to roll back. So you had a deposit in place. You'd worked hard. You'd saved hard. You had the finances in place. You had an offer from the bank. You found a property. And then at the signing of the contract, the bank said what?
14: The, the bank declined. I got a, a phone call from my solicitor saying that um, the, there was no funds. The bank refused to um, release the funds because my company was under the COVID payment, even though I was working through. Uh, so I never stopped working through COVID. Yeah. Uh, and and thanks God, we never said anything to our landlords. We were waiting to get everything signed up because it was still under, constru- under construction. So we bought through planning. Basically, it was a I new see. build. Yeah. Uh, we had time, so we didn't break the news to the landlords, thanks God, mm. because... Uh, that's it. Our hopes were gone once wow. we heard the bank wouldn't release the money. So um, you're, sti-
3: you're still renting? Are, are you affected by this ending of this eviction ban, or are you? Are you in trouble? So we
14: don't know. We don't know. As it is, our landlords are very good. It goes through private landlords, so there's no agency involved, which is good. They're absolutely brilliant. We've been living in the house for five years, but and we're paying only eleven hundred. You know, in the Douglas area.
3: That's fantastic, Frank. Which
14: is very good. Now, we look I look after the house like and if any when he works and he maintenance jobs, I will do it, like you know, painting and so on. like uh, we're we're good tenants as well, like you know, it goes both sides. but they're brilliant landlords. But they have three daughters. We don't know what's gonna happen and I wouldn't blame them if they want to give the house to one of their daughters. Do you know what I mean it's absolutely normal. But that will that will put us in a very difficult position. One, we we won't be able to find a house in the market, and if we do, we'll be paying about what eighteen hundred minimum a month. Douglas, you'd be lucky. Yeah, two grand. So I've seen them two, two and that two two one hundred, twenty one hundreds. Something like that, so that immediately will stop any savings we have in motion, like we we kept the savings but as much as we could we don 't have much, but as much as we could, but that will stop immediately our savings, as the previous caller was saying we don't we shouldn 't need to, but we're not we don 't avail of any help or any help from the government we don 't avail for social housing because there is actually Three, two small incomes and one normal income coming into the house. So we don't avail of any of the helps. Uh, we'll be left literally to no savings and a scraping to pay the rent. So uh, we've decided to just give up. Give up. Um, How do you mean? I said, we give up with our dream. Like our dreams were shattered in 2021. Your dream was to like, buy. Yeah. Our dream was to buy, and we're coming from, from Spain, so we've been living in Ireland for the last 20 years, so we, we, love, we love Ireland, you know, and we wanted to stay here, and we want to continue staying here, but um, I think we have a plan B in motion, so it's like, the buying option in Ireland is gone, right now, like, either they're putting them ourselves in a two grand mortgage a month, because I'm, I'm over 40, so my mortgage will be shorter. Obviously, it's a bit more expensive. So we're thinking and keep on saving and uh, just buying a property in Spain. Maybe I was just
3: going to say that. So you're from, you're from, you're from Spain, you're, 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 you're thinking, you're already thinking of going back.
14: Yeah, well, maybe not going back, but at least waiting five, six, seven years more, keep on saving and maybe getting a property, buy a property down there, cash in hand and having our property down there and keep on saving here. Yeah. Two things can happen. Like you know, you have a plan B if things get worse. If you have
3: property in the right part of Spain, Frank, and you don't need me to tell this, tell you this, you'd have a handy income home from that as well.
14: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, that would be six, seven years to save for that in paying in cash. Um, like you see, we'll have escape option there. Yeah, you if would. things go bad in here, we can go. But bad like
3: you say, your, your dreams continue to be shattered, and you're looking at different options now. Thank you, Frank, and best of luck with whatever you choose to do, Fra- Pat. Yes. What would you like to say, sir?
15: Um, I, was, I have a couple of questions, PJ. One, uh, the first one I know is, how many TDs are currently landlords?
3: I think the percentage, I, this was in the journal, and it's a while back now, I think the percentage is 23% of the Oireachtas are landlords.
15: Right, and so, so would,
3: 23% have... is about a, just under a quarter of them, so that would be about 40 to 50, I suppose.
15: That would see that would make perfect sense. Then why why they want to lift the ban? Because I think myself that while the ban is in place, they can't put up the rent on their own properties.
1: Right. Now I
15: know, I know. There's an awful lot of genuine cases caught up in all this now, as we've heard this morning, and I understand that too. And I, I feel dearly for an awful lot of people. I actually do like, but, but the government are doing this to suit themselves. They're not doing it to suit the country. Yes. And another thing, we were, ta- they were you were talking you know, a while back as well about, uh, the, or the government are talking, sorry, a while back about, oh, they're going to build this, build this, whatever, bloody, blah, 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 all this kind of thing. It'll never happen because there's a major um, labour shortage in, in the construction industry at the moment.
3: Bingo, on the he- nail on the head, Pat.
15: Nail it's on a major the head. shortage, and I know the amount of leads. I work in construction myself. And the amount of lads that I've worked with in the past six to twelve months that have left the country and gone to Australia, yeah, because they don't see the point in being taxed to their necks for the rest of their lives, mm. and they're just going out of the country. I'd say give us another twelve months, and I say there'll be a complete generation gone out of this country, and Pat, they'll never and they'll never come back.
3: Pat, I have a small job myself uh, planned for the autumn or or into winter of the year. It's a bit of tiling. Right. right? It's a bit of tiling. And I rang a pal of mine who's in the, the building game. And I said, How long would, would I need? He said, You want to be booking a fella now if you want to get it done before next Easter. That's how short they are of people.
15: Uh, yeah, yeah, possibly. Yeah. I, I wouldn't quite cut
3: it said He said, At least three months. And some of the guys, you won't get them for, depending on the size of the job, you won't yes. get them for a year.
15: Yeah, well, uh, a lot of the to- a lot of the the toiling shops in the city would have, um, would have um
3: their own people on books. Yeah, I know. Yes,
15: yeah. yes. Yeah. Well, if they would, but I'm if they just saying in
3: general, that's a, that's that's just me. I I mean, trying to get a tradesperson these days for for a, trying to gather tradespeople people for a job, there is a shortage, massive shortage.
15: There is, and is, and and we were they were talking a while ago about about um, that lady that was talking about out about taking on apprentices and yes. all this other thing. They're not there. They don't. Exi- they don't exist. Like what, what, I was,
3: actually, Pat. There's the thing. You're in construction. Why? Why are people like? There was a time when if you were a chippy or a spark or a plumber or a plasterer or a tiler or a painter, you had guaranteed work for the rest of your days. That's the case now. If you can get a good trade, you'll be working till you're old enough to stop. So yes, why aren't people the, going into
13: it?
15: Well, see, the difference is, say during the pandemic, when the pandemic hit. A lot of, a lot of uh, fellas went out of construction and went in working inside in factories into nice, clean jobs where you're going in the morning with nice, clean clothes and you come out in the evening the same way. And when the pandemic was in they just stayed in the nice, clean jobs. They were getting better money. Yes. And the environment, everything was a, everything was a way better.
3: You're, you're right, actually, on that call, call center syndrome is what one person I know called uh, to, uh, called it. In that, why, how am I going to get a guy for forty hours a week or thirty nine hours a week on a building site or on, in a bar, even when he can do three twelve hour shifts in a call center for similar money? Yes, and have
15: true. the rest of the
14: week off. Yeah, that's exactly. It. That's, like that's what they're
15: doing as well. I see it inside here every day, like, um, like this week, just this week alone, like, the, with the weather that's been on this, this week. Now, I'm driving a machine, so I'm actually in from the weather, like, but, but there's an awful lot of you here walking in the ground, like, and they're after getting saturated day after day after day inside here, like, just like, mm. you'd be inclined, inclined to tell them, like, Go in and get qualified to drive a machine, and stay inside in the machine least you're being out of the window, like you know. Get a, get a job.
3: Sure. Get a job where it's where it's warm and dry. Pat, thank you. Desperate shortage of people in the trade. Three months to, to a year for a tiring job, depending on the size of the job. The bigger job, the shorter the time. It's gone back to those days too. Mary, your blood is boiling this morning. Oh,
16: that poor woman that was talking Rebecca. earlier. Yes, her family. Her—it's these people that should be getting every bit of support from the government. These are the people that we want the life that she has had because of the fact that she has done things properly.
3: You're, yeah, you're, you're you're listening to someone who has done everything right.
16: Everything right, and is not being supported in any way, shape, or form
3: because she's done everything right. She's not entitled to support.
16: Exactly, you know and everybody it's just, you know what I mean, it just makes my blood boil, there are people in this country who have never paid a red cent in tax or never contributed to their existence from cradle to the grave and they end up dying with assets worth hundreds of thousands because they've been they've acquired a house or something like that along the line and then you have this poor person who is in this situation and has paid for a full, paid through the nose played over and above for every single thing she has.
3: What you're saying Mary I think, and what I'm hearing in your voice is that Rebecca is an advertisement for not doing it right
16: Well yeah and that, that should never exist Correct. we should never be advertising yeah. the, you know well, I mean look,
3: the... look, look at Frank as well Frank did everything right went yeah. to the bank in 2021. They were refused. He's also stra- a straight-up bloke. He says, my landlord's yeah. a fabulous guy. He's got three daughters. If he wants the house for one of his daughters, he's perfectly entitled to have it.
16: Absolutely. You know what I mean? And people, yes, people own their house. You know what I mean? And obviously, if, you know what I mean, if somebody is in a position that they own the house and they want to sell it for every, whatever reason, really, they they should be able to do so. It's not the landlord's, Problem like kind of thing. Just some pe- sometimes people that you know got in It's just too much for them, or they don't need that income anymore. As you say, want somebody in their house. You know what I mean? It's it just doesn't make sense though. Like that. That S- Rebecca had to pay. She has paid ninety five thousand euro in rent and still managed to save and hasn't a house. Yeah. Has I mean, why would why why how could you explain to somebody you know in? like uh, an 18-year-old or somebody coming out of school. I've had this situation myself my son um, in his place of work said that, you know, like um, in a gym, like kind of thing, a girl there working as a PT, like, you know, doing her bit, working yeah. or living at home because she can't afford even to move out. And a school friend of hers came in, like kind of thing, who has three children, a beautiful house that was provided to her, you know, and like, where is the incentive for these people to work? What, like, even if you do take a job, if you're working on the till in Tesco, you will never ever be able to own your own home. Yeah. Whereas if you go out, and, and children basically are being used as currency.
3: Well, those are strong words, Mary. But explain they, well, basically uh, what they, you mean.
16: That's what the evidence is. That's the evidence is there that that is what is happening.
3: Yeah strong you know i'm I'm sure i'm sure somebody will disagree with you but it's
16: i'm sure they will and listen everybody deserves some place to live but bumping yourself up the ladder by doing things wrong shouldn't be to the detriment of the people who are doing things right
3: all right mary thank you we have got a queue of calls as long as patrick street of people wanting to get in on this one we will certainly come back to it after ten and spend more time. Margaret says, "Why don't the council give out the houses that are vacant and give a grant to the renters to do them up themselves?" That's kind of Margaret what Kona is. There was another thing. I remember talking to a woman years ago, and I'll never forget this call. Um, she came from a family of tradespeople, so she said, "I have all the people I need to do up any place I want." There's a place across the road from me and my family could do it up for us over a period of time. Why can't I have it? Hey, that's that's another truth. Why can't people who could do a place up be let do it up and keep it for themselves? Just before we go to news, Thomas on... What's up? That story on there about that girl Rebecca was heartbreaking but I really feel sorry. I, w- I wish I won the lotto, I'll buy her a house myself. I reduced Nelskin. 0818 96, 96 96
15: Join the conversation. This
0: is the Opinion line. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie Cork's 96 M- the minds are
2: live. Hello.
0: Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96, 96.
2: Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96
0: 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This
2: is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Hawks 96
3: FM. Well, whatever about tornadoes though, seriously, there was a very nasty sort of half an hour or so of weather during the night where where I sleep in Coogan Towers is south facing the window of my bedroom is south facing so all of the grot and the storms and the wind and the rain all of that grot comes straight at my bedroom window and I sleep like the dead Uh, you could drive a train through the room and you wouldn't wake me when I'm gone off but last night for the first time in the entire winter and spring season of 2022 stroke 2023 the weather woke me uh, noise wind I thought I really did think the rain was going to batter in my window and that was mm, sometime after three so certainly there was some fairly foul weather around during that it didn't last long it didn't last long at all blew itself out quite quickly but but there you go lots of love in the room lots of sympathy in the room lots of of, of just people wanting to 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 send out their support and their empathy to Rebecca um you heard her story, we'll podcast it later Uh, she and her partner have been working and saving and saving and working and paying, paying rent for years they've got the bones of 40 grand stashed away to try and get a mortgage and now they may well be evicted and have to use that money to pay for hotel accommodation, have to use that money to try to get into the overpriced rental market when, when what they wanted to do was get a mortgage and, and buy a home and she, she came back from London raised her children here because that's what she wanted to do and now she looks at them and she is I think to use her words ashamed that she came back and she feels guilty she shouldn't not her fault none of this is her fault but that's I'm so sorry for Rebecca uh, and her family but we've been predicting this for a long time says Kevin the housing crisis was building for a long time it's long been known that turnkey homes that the government champion were never enough. I remember being on with you at say five or six years ago, saying we needed fifty thousand. 50, you did fifty thousand homes every year for a decade, says Kevin. And therein lies the other problem, Kevin, as discussed with Pat before ten, the huge shortage of tradespeople. And then Justin comes in with this one. He says apprentices get moved from site to site regularly. Most of them, many of them anyway, can't get to work. Because they're not allowed to drive without a qualified driver. Apprentices are usually young people, late teens, mostly on L plates. They're turned off travelling because they can't travel. Government red tape on learner drivers is not helping the situation. In fact, it's screwing a lot of things up. Yeah. 0818 96 96 96. John, yeah, I'll come back to the comments. But some, some of what Mary said has triggered a few people, but she was making a point before 10 that the people who do everything right are the ones suffering. Back to your calls, enough of me. Owen, good morning. Hello,
10: Owen. Oh, uh, hi, PJ, how are you? What did you want to say, sir? Well, I just an observation or a question, I suppose, if you like. Um, Like, there's an awful lot of people living in court that don't need to be in accommodation that's built to last 100 years, you know? Um, The population here is about 220,000 in the city, I think. And I've been trying to calculate in my head that probably the population, the student population here is maybe 30 to 40,000. I would say so, yeah. Those people don't need to live in long-lasting accommodation. They need to live in places maybe... So, okay, what I'm posing is that Like, the rate we're going, it's going to take several years to get supply to match demand. Why don't we just build a lot of, maybe, prefabs or something just to uh, to accommodate that student market um, and, and like, just uh, have have it there, say these buildings are going to be taken down in five years' time, but they solve an immediate need.
3: Right. You're saying that the student accommodation, and there's loads of it going up all the time. That that could be put to use for families.
10: Well, no. What I'm saying is, maybe if you could have cheaper construction and build accommodation for students, and, and maybe the buildings aren't designed to last all that long, that you would take them out of the market, competing with people maybe who, who need uh, longer-lasting places. Yeah,
3: but you see, now you've got another additional problem coming down the track. Oh, and that people spotted—I spotted in the news about a week ago. And it's going to make things even tougher in a few years' time, and that is this new EU uh, requirement that buildings have a certain BER rating. And every new building, maybe every new building is going to have to be built to a specific spec, and we're going to have to bring all of the older ones up to another specific spec because of EU directives. So what you're saying is a great idea... But we can't. The EU won't let EU mightn't let us do it.
10: Okay, well, it's, it's not worth looking into. And again, if we're looking at that five years down the way, I mean, we ha- our situation here is a crisis, and I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd be surprised anyone would disagree with me if that's overstating yeah. it. You know, what's
3: well, emergency? Total emergency.
10: Yeah. You know, I mean, I was listening to a guy in, a, in another radio station. I think he sells caravans in and in, in some part of the country. Yeah. You know, people live quite comfortably in them. They yeah. mightn't be in them in ten years' time, but we don't need that. You know, so what I'm saying is. Temporary accommodation. Do it up fast, quickly, and have it there for five years until the normal cycle um, matches the supply and demand thing. You well, know, if you
3: go up to Hanley's Garden Centre, or if you go down to uh, down there in Ballyseedy, down near Fota, they both have sales pitches there for little modular apartments, and you can get a little modular apartment. You supply it with utilities. It comes with a bedroom, a kitchen, tables, chairs, insulated, wired, plumbed, and installed. Yeah. And you do the whole kit and caboodle for less than 60 grand for a two, ban- a, two- a two bedroom apartment. Imagine going to a supplier. You're right here. Imagine a government going to a supplier and saying, We want as many of those as you can make installed for the next three years. They'd give you a savage deal on them.
10: Yeah. I mean, they've got the money. Yeah. You know, we've got the space. Yeah. You know, even the city centre in Cork has got loads of space. Yes. You know? And I know and I, I accept the need to have the usual kind of um, the usual we say constraints and planning and stuff like that. But if we just you know, it's an emergency situation, you know, just deal with it and we can get back to well. normal circumstances when, when the normal circumstances apply. Like I was saying
3: yesterday, Owen, oh, I'll leave you with this one.
10: I said yesterday, I said before,
3: during COVID we learned there's no such word as can't. Yes. During COVID, we decided we needed something on a Monday, and mm-hmm. we had it done by close of business Wednesday. Yeah. We need that kind of emergency provision for housing and homelessness and rent and all of that. Oh, thank you. Pat? Morning, PJ. How are you? Good. What do you want to say, sir?
17: Yeah, I, I, I'll also say, PJ, that uh, people that rent, you know, from landlords, they obviously have contracts in place. They do. There may be two years, five years. But, I mean, at the end of the contract, they know that time is coming up. Okay, they go back to the landlord and they'll, they'll you know, renegotiate. Yes. But if the landlord is going to put the the, the price of the rent up, is going to make it outrageous. I mean, if they can't afford it, you know, you just can't afford it. Yeah. And like it's, it's not the landlords, or it's not the rentals. Like the government said, they should probably put a rent ban. You know, put a cap in the, on the rents. Yeah. Like if you're renting in Cork, if you're renting in Dublin, you're going to pay through the nose. If you go up to, we say, Keira Campbell... You know, the rent is probably half the price again. It is, but then you're commuting. Oh yeah, I, I know that. Mm. But yeah, but they, they should put they should put a ring cap. They should, you know, put a limit. I mean, if you're paying two grand a month, Jesus, people paying two grand a month different rent? That's five hundred a week. Ah, that's the
10: cost of wages. You?
3: that's, you it, that's, an, mean, entire, that's most, an entire that's an entire take home wage from a decent job. What it is, Yeah. So I mean, that's that's you know that's that's something that people can't afford. Yeah, but you see, the problem with rent caps, Pat, and this is what you'll be told, I'm not, this is not my view, but this is what you'll be told, rent caps and things like that drive landlords to sell.
17: Okay, but who's going to buy yeah. If a landlord is selling, okay, if, if, if the government had money, then to, uh, let them buy the houses. Well, well, them, a, give the money to the local authorities and
3: even buy the houses. That's another one of these amendments that went in over the last couple of days. Yeah. One of these provisions that if the landlord wants to sell the house, that the, the tenant who's in situ would have first call upon it, or that the local authority or CLUID or some one of those approved housing schemes, that they would buy it. Those provisions yeah, are in there. Will they work? Who knows? Well,
17: I tell you, like uh, you take the HAP, for instance, there's a ring cap on the HAP. Like if you're the family, there are obviously, uh, um, you know, two adults and three children. There's X amount of money, like uh, available to rent a house in the private sector. And you would have to pay X amount of money yourself. I, don't know, I forget now what it was. Like, yeah, yeah. It's a small amount. But, there's a set amount, then, like did the, the, the combined from the, the, you know, from the, the government and your own funds. That's the combined, and that's the maximum that you can pay
3: in that house. Yes. You can't pay more than that. But you've so you, you also have so many landlords who refuse to take HAP. and you've also people taking HAP, as we discovered the other morning talking about Alina's flat that is literally falling down around her and leaking. Well, I I I I, I don't know about that because look.
17: I, I can't say, what I walked to one says, but I walked in a similar situation. All these houses have to be checked before. Um, okay, for for this the government um, subsidy, they're not checked. The, the, the tenant goes in, rents a house, gets the money from the social welfare, and pays the rent, right? Yeah. But the minute they're taken into the HAP system. The, the hoses are checked, the oh, yeah. engineers come out and they check the hoses, they put a list but, of um, but, things that need to be done, and if they're not done, they, 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 they won't be taken into the HAP system. But,
3: but they also have to be fully registered for tax, which is another problem. Pat, thank you. Uh, there's a few more coming in. God, we're busy this morning. That's, we really are busy this morning. Um, on NASA Harrigan and Nessa Harrigan's very well known to listeners of the Opinion Line because she's been a regular contributor on the programme over the last couple of years with regard to Onakura, and in her performances in the Oireachtas Committees she's been brilliant for Onakura. she's been a real advocate for keeping Onakura open and she was the one who turned around and said I'm a bloody architect here and I'm telling you you could keep Onakura open she's now effectively kicked out the Greens for 15 months uh, Emma says, I thought we lived in a democracy. It's absolutely scandalous that Nessa has been banned for 15 months. Uh, another caller says, I think she should leave the Green Party and go independent. Well, that's what they've said to her. She effectively isn't independent now for a year and a bit. I applaud her actions, but I think she's a cut above her parliamentary colleagues and they don't deserve her. But somebody else got in on that one when I said that all of the local Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael TDs voted for The government last night, Justin says, PJ, they had a gun to their heads. They would have got what Nessa Harrigan got, suspension. They're typically all about themselves anyway, not for the people. It's a sham. Harrigan voted on her morals and opinions and she was penalised. As much as I dislike the Greens, it was unfair. The system is wrong, says Justin. She shouldn't be punished for it jerry you wanted to get in on the whole it's kind of a side issue here but apprenticeships it's it's an interesting one will you wait until after the break for me would you do that are you ready? thank you oh, very much
18: cheers no 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 hold
3: on stay on the line stay on the line I'll come back to you
0: join the conversation
2: this is the opinion line
0: with the Cork City Marathon take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team register at corkcitymarathon.ie Cork's 96 FM
3: Jerry, thank you for holding on apprenticeships
18: yeah there's a there's a friend when you here with the apprentice cat dog, yeah yeah. And the tow is to this, the place face out in Douglas, the something they during the pandemic, yes. never never reopened it. So he had to send his apprentice up to Dublin, take his lodgings up there, and the, the whole uh wherever the is gonna s you know, I don't even know how old the younger is. He's gonna be up in Dublin on his own. Whoa. And it's all about they can't get apprentices or whatever. And there's another man then, he's a mason. he has a sixteen year old and he won't be left on until he's 18, because he's not old enough to go on 18. So that's why they can't get a princess. Yeah. In, o- in,
3: in older times, you, that lad would be on, see, he'd oh. only, only be doing muck work, but he'd be on at 16, it, yeah?
18: He'd be on at 16, he could be on at 15 if he'd be big enough. But it's all, you know... well, so there has to be regulations yeah. too, Jerry, for safety. Safe, safe, passing all that, but how can he be safe if, he, if he's never on the site, you know? What young players going to wait until he's 18 one as a mason and get first first year apprentice in the eighteen years of age. Yeah. It's not there, yeah, that's why. So yeah. all this safe past thing in this thing, you have to have a pass, no use a console, you have to have a pass to do this, you have to have a pass to do this and yeah.
3: there's a lot of young fellows you out there they know that that school doesn't suit but they'd make great apprentices, Jerry. And you're right I,
18: about it. I can't I can't read no write in school, but I have right a man. brain it's unbelievable because I had a level of disability and the whole lot. It. But it's cute as a fox. There's young friends out there and they're hanging around the streets and they're not getting a break. And they can't get a break because what young is going to come on as a first year apprentice at 18 years of age and get whatever the money they're getting now? Yeah.
3: The money isn't great, but you're getting tra- I remember talking to him. There was a young lad working. Uh, on my house when I got some work done a year or two ago and he was an apprentice and he was doing, as I call it myself, grunt work now. He was just in the door. And I remember chatting to him one day. I made him a cup of coffee because the poor boy looked tired. And I said to him, do you want a cup." And he said, I said, you're worked, I said, until you fall down. He said, I am. I'm working until I fall down. But two things, he said, one, I love what I'm doing. I'm doing, I'm, I'm cleaning up after the lads. I'm doing all the grunt work, all the muck work. But in four years time, I live a trade I can take to the four corners of the world.
18: And you have something to get out of bed for every morning. Every single morning, yeah. yeah. You know, something to get out of bed for. So just laying around, cleaning the computers and all that. And all young prisoners won't do it. But there's young prisoners out there willing to do it if they get a chance.
3: And they need to get the chance. Jerry, great point. Well made. Thank you. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. 96, 96, 96. So Kind of two conversations going on here. We have a chronic shortage of apprentices, which means we have a chronic shortage of incoming tradespeople. We need Thousands of houses built, and we have nobody to build them. Back in the 60s and back in the 70s, I keep making this point when this country hadn't an arse in its trousers, we built thousands and thousands and thousands of houses because we had thousands and thousands and thousands of tradespeople. Now we don't. On empty houses, Michael, great point. Good morning.
9: What do morning, you want to say? DJ.
3: Good morning. Hello. Jay. Hello there. What would you like to say?
9: Um, yeah, I was just to make a note on, on the empty houses, um, BJ, and, and I suppose to start with it, the point, I, I think what the government wants us to do is to have, it's kind of like for or against private landlords and it, in my opinion it's not private landlords' job to provide housing for people. I mean, obviously it's their right to if they want to, but it's not their job. Mm. Um, and if you look at it, the city council which is government, city councils all over Ireland have four and a half thousand approximately houses that are lying empty. Yeah. That's four and a half houses taken out of our housing stock. Approximately 500 of those are in Cork City alone PJ. Correct. There's nearly 400 in Cork County. Correct. And they're lying empty and it's—I think it's an average of about eighteen months turnaround time, which is just daft. I mean, yeah. to think that it takes that long to turn a house around is ridiculous.
3: If I leave a house um, today in perfect condition, Michael, perfect condition, yeah. and back my keys to the council, it'll take them, like you said, nearly eighteen months to give yeah. it to somebody else. That's insane.
9: No, of course, and we all understand there's a shortage of of um, of tradespeople. But I mean, we, we need to start looking at this. Uh, you know, I hate to say outside the box, but then they need to start thinking outside the box and do things completely different. We've got a prison in the north side with uh, about 300 guys up there, and I'm sure 99% of those guys aren't bad guys. They're just guys that did bad things. But they do virtually nothing all day, every day. That's bad for the, for their mental health. They come out, and the percentage of, of, of reoccurring is or reoffending is, a, I think, in over 80%. Why not get these guys out you know, maybe with a promise of shortening their terms, even better with a promise of a home, if they're homeless, uh, when they get out. If everybody has a home over their heads, PJ, and this has been proven in in one of the Nordic countries, I know they do it uh, very well, everybody gets a home. And if everybody gets a home, your addiction rates go down, your unemployment... Finland. Finland. Finland.
3: If you need... The first thing they'll do is house you. Then they'll help you to sort out your problems.
9: Yes, but, but imagine like all these guys, I mean if you're sitting in prison, you pretty much a lot of these guys have no hope so imagine all these guys getting up early in the morning, having their breakfast getting out, doing some work working on houses, of course they're not tradesmen, now some of them probably are but they're not, not everything is it needs a tradesman for the jobs Correct. That, Correct. that need to be done in these houses My late father-in-law
3: my late father
1: plushcare.com slash weight loss
3: didn't have a specific trade but by God he could do anything with his hands
9: and
11: he did everything
9: yeah, yeah. and like, like I know it's completely the other end of the the, the scale but if you look at that television program DIY SOS now I completely understand it. It's it's fantasy world sometimes well, it's not really because it really happens. They can go in, in a in a week and turn a house around.
3: <laughs> you're right. You're you're right. People, we see all this in front. Of, but come back to the prisons idea because one thing yeah. they do, for example, they're doing it again now uh, next week. And I was up there the last time they did it. They're training fellas for the restaurant business, and, yes, and, that, they saw and that and and yeah. And I, I was up there last year when they finished one particular round of it and they do an incredible job. And I also had the privilege that day of walking around where they're learning woodwork. You can learn, anything you want in prison. I think that's a yes. wonderful, wonderful idea that certain prisoners who'd want to do the kind of work might have a trade, might have been an apprentice before when, when, and they landed. Get them out, get them working, get them... That's a fabulous idea, Michael.
9: Well, give them hope, and PJ as well. And give them... I know people probably wouldn't agree with this, but give them a promise of a home if they don't have a home. Yeah. I mean, what like,
3: a promise of a start!
9: But look, exactly. But if you think of the cost of, of 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 keeping somebody in prison relative to the cost of giving somebody a home, it's cheaper to give somebody a home than keep them in prison. They're not reoffending, so you've less victims, and it costs less money. Okay. And they're doing good for society, and they feel better in themselves. But PJ, we also have a, a situation during COVID where, if you think of the hospitals. All hospital pr- procedures, bar a few, were stopped, so they could con- concentrate on COVID. Yes. In my opinion, all building should be stopped because it's an emergency. It's it's a it's a housing emergency equivalent to what the health emergency was. So, if all building is stopped until the emergency is over, you mean,
3: like roads and bridges and hotels? Everything, absolutely. Office blocks.
9: Yeah. Everything should be stopped. No planning should be given. Peter, we did it in hospitals and unfortunately people have died because of it. Yeah. But we did it because it was supposed to be for the greater good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, is there any better cause than giving people a home?
3: A number of fantastic points raised there, Michael. Thank you. eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six Just before I go to Brian. Aileen says, I do feel for the tenants, but I agree with the eviction ban being lifted. There are landlords that can't get people out of their houses that they want to sell. It's a landlord's right to do what they want. That lady spoke so well. An eviction ban isn't the answer. What about all the ghost estates that were abandoned years ago? Maybe the removal of the ban will force the government to do something about the housing crisis now. But reinstating an eviction ban is not the answer. I have a house to rent now, but I'm reluctant to do so if the eviction ban is reinstated. It gives the landlords no choice if tenants don't pay rent or don't maintain the property. These tenants are in a minority, but unfortunately they exist. Love your show. Heart goes out to those amazing tenants that treat houses as homes. Says Alien. Well, one thing about the ban, Alien, and it's worth clarifying again: the eviction ban did not apply if you simply refused to pay your rent. Uh, Brian, morning. Good morning. I went, I went through the list. Well I'm, well, I'm well, sir. I went through the list of Cork TDs who voted for this last night. Ten of them voted for it. Six of them voted against. Two didn't vote. That Simon Coveney and Donal O'Leary simply because they weren't there. What would you say about those who voted for?
13: Well, I mean, they're in the same parties that have been in. I mean, Finucane have been in the last three governments. Labour has been in one with, with Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil have been in two coalitions with Fine Gael. And over that period of time, <clears throat> excuse me, they, they haven't built houses and they're saying, oh, we'll do this and we we'll do that. And the independent TDs, the are all independent TDs, put through uh, uh, a couple of suggestions. But all these suggestions are going down the line until October when the budget comes in and whatever. And they may or may not be put in there, but just to keep them side. I mean, these TDs are elected by the people. They're not elected by the party. Yeah. And, but they're toward the party line. Well, no you saw what from,
3: happened to the one who didn't last night. Yeah, Nessa I
13: Hurrigan. heard somebody... Nessa Harrigan. Uh, uh, yeah, I heard somebody on, on the, the programme earlier this morning say that a gun is put to the TDs' heads because what happened to them is like Nessa Harrigan. That's exactly what it is. The party is telling them what to do. It's the people elect them. And they should be uh, directed by the people. I mean, they're uh, assembly delegates. That's what a top the dollar is, an assembly delegate. And they're sent as a delegate by the people, not by the political parties. And they should be voting what the people want.
3: Mm. Not but one of the, one of the tenets need. of a democracy, Brian, is that when you're in a government, when you're in a government... You vote with the government. That's one of the tenets of a democracy.:
13: I disagree with you to help. One no. of the tenets of a democracy is the will of the people. The power of the people, There's by the people, for the people. There's that too.
3: They're, they're, and in they, fact, they're, one, Brian, they're both
13: principles, principles of a democracy. They're both principles of democracy, you're correct. One of the to, is not that the, the TDs have to walk the party. They're elected by the people. Mm. They're part of a party, but they don't have to toe the party line. I know that what would happen is the gun would be put to their head, but that's not democracy. Fair that, point. That, 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 no. that is anti-democratic.
3: Okay, all right. Good man, Brian. Good to hear from you. Thank you. Yeah, it, look, it is. he's right. Democracy is by the people and for the people. And when I voted for you to represent me, speaking to any other TD out there, when I voted for you to represent me, I gave you the most powerful thing I have, my vote. And it is your job to respect my vote. And that's Brian's view. The other thing is, when you go into a government, you're part of a government... There are principles of being in government. One of those principles being you vote with the government. You've two principles going on together there. I have said this before and I'll say it again. I wouldn't be a TD for all the money in Ireland. I'm probably unelectable anyway. Great friend of mine who was involved in politics all his life. I'm looking at you, Michael Kelly. told me years ago I couldn't get elected to a residence committee. He's probably right. Sabrina. Sabrina.
7: Are you there? Hi, hello, hello.
3: How are you? How are you? Hi, PJ. Your Crime. partner's a block player,
7: Yeah. And I'm gonna be homeless in a few months. Oh my god. The irony of it, I just I think about it all the time, how funny it is.
3: What's happening like, to you?
7: So I've been renting um for three years with my daughter and I just got notice to quit. So I got the six months. Um But every time I look on Daft, anywhere, AdWords, there's nothing. There's nowhere to go.
3: When did you get the notice?
7: Um, I got it the end of February. Okay,
3: okay. And so that's kind of what end of August you need to be?
7: Yeah, well, the first week of August I have to be out. So, yeah, um, I'm a foster care leaver. And I feel like I'm just going to be another statistic now of of foster care leavers becoming homeless. It's no fault of my but own. you have
3: heard about that, Sabrina. Yeah. I I spoke to. Is it Epic? Is the group that works with?
7: Yeah. The, yeah.
3: I spoke to Epic before, and I, I my my wife, because of her work, I've, so gives me some understanding of of the foster service, and that's there. There is a huge number of kids mm-hmm. who come out of foster care, end up homeless.
7: Yeah. To no fault of their own. Um, like I'm lucky enough. I uh, my only supports are my foster parents. Um, but there's lots of lots of people becoming homeless, leaving foster care. They've nowhere else to go. And I just feel now I'm going to be part of that statistic. And as a child, I was homeless too, a young child. And I, I feel like I'm just going to give that to my daughter, and it breaks my heart.
3: The trauma you went through, you're looking at her now.
7: Yeah. I always told myself I give my child the best life because I had a rough young childhood, and it just breaks my heart to think that I'm going to give her the same now, and I, I can't do anything about it.
3: You, you know, you, you know, you know better than you know better now than maybe. Yeah. You'll you'll do fine by her. You'll do yeah. fine by her. You'll protect her as best you can. I know you will. And your partner, like, do, do you, you you can't live together, can you? Or. Where does he
7: no, live? no, he lives at home, um the home place, and I've been renting now for uh eight years I see. yeah
3: any idea what you're going to do?
7: None whatsoever. I'm on to TDs um all the time, and just applying here there everywhere um been emailing the council everything i'm on the I'm on the list, but i I'm only on the list three and a half years so I feel like I'm not gonna see anything for a while. Um,
3: and what kind of rent could you afford?
7: Um just around a thousand mark, to being honest with you, I own first time. Yeah. I do, I do.
3: A thousand euro wouldn't get your phone box.
7: No, no, not these days. Yeah.
3: And okay, it would out the road a bit, say what for my Mitchell town, that kind of way. There's no way you could do that. No?
7: No, no. Um, south of South of the Lee would be ideal. Uh, Mitchellstown Town would be far too too far out for me. Childcare and things like that.
3: There you go. Your so all your supports, all your network is here. Yeah. Because there yeah. is this thing as always said, well, You know, Sabrina, you have a thousand euro a month to spend. There are places where you'll get a place for your thousand euro, but where your supports then?
7: Yeah, I'll just be isolated if I move elsewhere so yeah it's a, it's a hard place at the moment and I know I'm not the only one there's thousands of us now becoming homeless and I just don't know where we're supposed to go
3: yeah alright I wish, I wish you well I wish you okay, well I thanks, know thanks though I know, I know though that because of your own experience you'll protect your daughter with every last fibre of you being I know you will
7: yeah i live in the car whatever I have to you know just yeah I, I won't put it through what I did
3: okay you mind yourself Carol Thank you very care. much for the call. Cheers, Bye. Sabrina. O eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. That is a scary statistic, actually. Look, it's for another day. The number of youngsters coming out of foster care who end up homeless. O eight one eight ninety six ninety-six ninety-six. My husband works for a construction company and sits screaming at the telly. His company specializes in social housing. They've two separate developments going on, hundreds of houses. And they've been waiting for a year for planning, all tied up in red tape and nonsense. They could have been nearly finished by now. Another part of the housing crisis puzzle. Thank you for that. I would love to talk to you, but I imagine that because of your husband's job, you might be a bit reticent, but have a think about it. That's a great, that's a great point, though. You've got developments out there. Her husband's company specializes in social housing. Two developments at the planning stage Can't get started Due to the kind of nonsensical red tape That's out there And who puts the red tape in place? Hint, hint It starts with G Join
0: the conversation This is the Opinion Line With the Cork City Marathon Take on your next challenge this June By running solo or with a team Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie Cork's 96FM
11: The Cork's 96FM Giving for Living Radiothon returns May 25th to 27th to raise funds for Cork Cancer Services. You make me feel
0: Every year we speak to people touched by cancer. So if you've got a story to tell, we'd love you to get in touch. Simply email radiothon at 96fm.ie to find out more.
11: The Giving for Living Radiothon, supporting Cork Cancer Services. May 25th to 27th. You
0: you make me feel only on Cork's 96FM.
3: This one's going on much longer than we had planned, but happy to stay with it as long as you want to talk. 0818 96 96 96 is the number. Caroline, you are reminding the TDs, the 10 who voted, of our Cork TDs, who voted for this last night, that they will be remembered at the next election. Good morning.
19: Good morning. Uh, yeah... When it comes to voting, and again, I was just saying they've got to remember the amount of people, that there's more actually people out there that are going to be evicted than there are landlords in the country. Yeah. And when it comes to voting, they're not going to vote in the government again. Yeah. Um, The eviction ban should stay in for a while anyway.
3: Yeah. You were talking about McCroom Road and something you noticed
19: yeah, it's something I've noticed the last two weeks. Um, they're putting up railings on the left hand side of the road, which probably cost the council thousands. And I just think it's a big waste of money at the moment when there's a housing crisis.
3: Wait, where's that now, Caroline? Whereabouts? It's in
19: Farnans.
3: Okay. Putting up fencing, yeah?
19: Yeah, it's like railings at the side of the road. Okay. Right? Like it's, it's done without railings for years and years, and all of a sudden we're in the middle of a crisis. And they. Uh, put thousands into putting up these railings
3: Yeah, you're suggesting spend the money on houses and spend the money on people
19: Or spend the money on doing up council houses and getting them out quicker or, you know trying to put it towards something like apartments or modular homes Or Yes You know, it's just a big waste of money
3: Do you know anybody directly connected who will be evicted or who's facing eviction?
19: No, I don't at the moment but I'm sure I will here down the line
3: You think, though, that that people will remember it come the next election?
19: Oh, they will, of course, yeah. They will. Hmm. I mean, look at students. My daughter's 21. She can't find a place to rent. Yes. She's going to college. You know, she wants to kind of go out, even rent sharing in a house, and she can't get it.
3: Yeah. Student accommodation notes? No, no. And what are rents like for someone looking for a place like that what kind of money is she talking about?
19: Well she wouldn't be able to afford like she's only working part time she's in college full time yeah. she even said to me there's no way mom I could afford to go out like
3: Yeah so, so she's staying at home now?
19: Yeah she's staying at home and she would drop rain every morning From where? To Manway direction up to MUT is it?
3: So you're bringing her from Manway to MTU every day? Yeah and going back to Cletcher in the evenings?
19: Well, sometimes she gets the bus out.
3: Okay.
19: McCroom direction, and then she gets off. and. Crikey. I collect her there.
3: So she'd prefer to rent?
19: Oh, she would, yeah, with her friends or whoever, like, but they're all in the same boat.
3: Wow. Mm. Commuting from Dunmanway for college because there's nowhere to rent, and if even if there was, it's too expensive. Yeah. That's another element to it, isn't it, Caroline? Yeah,
19: but like the government, they just see the council. They just seem to be wasting a lot of the money. In. We have a healthcare crisis and a housing crisis. Yes. They should put all the money into that at the moment and just try and resolve it. And then all the money can go back into building the roads and building, putting railings up. And, hmm. you know, like, I mean, it's only going to continue if they keep wasting money the way they are.
3: Bit like the start of COVID, isn't it, when we just spent everything for a couple of months, we spent every cent we had on on dealing with COVID. Is it time, do you think, and you're just a, a punter like myself, really, do you think now it's time to spend everything we have on sorting this out?
19: Yeah, yeah. Everything, everything should be just put into healthcare and housing and just resolve it and then go back into the way they used to walk things out with roads, new roads and all
3: this Good luck to your daughter Caroline, Uh, drive safe when you are commuting with her and thank you for your call
19: Thank
3: you PJ Cheers, Annette, hold on there, you'll be next with me Nullig Uh, Hi PJ, this is an interesting one from Nullig and I just want to throw it out there for for what you think Um, Just on landlords who can't implement their right to reclaim their property due to the eviction ban be it to put their kids into it or to sell it or whatever it's a, it is their right legally but i think that's the problem says nollig nobody should ever have as a personal asset something that's a basic human necessity and if you do the human in the equation needs to come before your finances it. it's morally bankrupt to view it another way that's nollig's point i think nollig is suggesting that if you have property and you have somebody in it and if your own daughter or son needs that property, tough is that what you're saying to me Nullig? It's an interesting point. On all the vacant homes that are lying around, had several calls on this this morning, we know they're out there dozens if not hundreds on them of them rather Annette, morning
12: Good morning PJ, thank you for taking my call one of the things I've noticed um, over the last couple of years being on the council list myself yeah. is we very rarely get answers directly from the council. And I'm not talking politicians, I'm talking from the council themselves. Why is it taking so long always to re, re- put houses back out into the market, onto the CBL? Yeah. We see houses that are been you know, the, the, the council may have passed away, may have moved on, whatever the case may be. Those houses are in impeccable condition. Not always, but most of them are. They are taking months, if not years, to be considered good enough to go back on to the CBL list so that people can bid for the houses. We never hear why it's taking so long. We never get answers directly from the council. Also, on individual cases, I just heard another lady speaking yesterday about um, her, her form sitting on a deciding officer's desk for five months.
3: Oh, yeah, this was Casey. yeah.
12: Casey. how in God's name can that be allowed to happen? That somebody is be about to be evicted, but her form sits on a council desk for five months without being looked at. Hmm. Is there anybody there who's got any say in what goes on and can say, right, well, that form shouldn't have sat there for five months? we are so sorry, we will get on to that straight away. We never hear that. There is no accountability coming directly from the council. And I mean from the council, not politicians.
3: Yes, that's an important distinction. The council, councillors are members of the elected body that we call Cork City Council. But in behind that chamber is a vast number of people working in the various departments, executives import people yeah. on a far higher pay grade than you or me or any city oh, councilor a
12: thousand percent yes, absolutely, yeah. but I mean are are they like there's no from what I can see, TJ, and I've done some research into it, where is the accountability from the council? at the end of the day they're they're civic or civil workers, you know they're working for the council, which is a public body and so on. yeah so I mean we need more answers as to why this has been allowed to happen yeah
3: come back there, to your original point about let's imagine. You're waiting. You're on the list. You're next on the list. Let us say, Indeed. right. And I'm vacating number ten. Yep. And I hand Happy back my keys. Yep. And the and place 10 is, is perfect, impeccable. I leave it impeccable. I've looked yep. after the place really well. You're next up for number um, ten. Yeah. But you'll be yeah. waiting till Christmas.
12: Quite possibly even two up to two years, PJ. And that is the reality of it. Why is there paperwork? Or regulations surrounding that house that take two years to say to me, Annette, there you go now. Number 10 is all yours. I'll have your keys for you in three months' time even. Three months. Well,
3: are they still ripping out the kitchen that I put in? Yes. They're still... Yes. Right.
12: yes. They're ripping out pretty much everything, PJ, and I have seen it with my own eyes. Beautiful kitchens and other, you know, cabinets in the sitting room and so on. They are being ripped out put into a skip because I've seen post after post in um, a, a post a group on Facebook where the, the tenants the count the new council tenant going into number ten be it myself or whoever wouldn't have the money obviously you know to buy a new kitchen or to buy new floors and are then going to the local community welfare officer to get a grant for whatever it is two thousand
13: three thousand
3: To put in a kitchen
12: That's the bloody council have just ripped out
3: When I left A perfectly good kitchen In place That could be inspected By an engineer To know is it fit for use
12: Yeah it's not going to Fall off the walls Like
3: They're still doing that They're still
12: doing that And then look They're ripping out Heating systems And fireplaces As we know They have this new thing now Where there's no fires allowed So they're taking out Whatever is there And they're putting in this um, Air to water um, Heating system I believe
3: Oh, hold on. So I give back number 10 on Friday and they have, have to put in this crack before they can let you into it?
12: Yes, because you're not allowed to have an open fire anymore now. So your your fireplace that you put in, probably a beautiful fireplace, is going to be taken out and dumped into a skip. The boiler that you put in probably had serviced every year and it's working perfectly. That's going to be put into a skip. None of this stuff is given to anybody who could use it. It's all, re- it's all thrown into a skip. And they put in this gas, oh no, sorry, not gas, air to water heating system stuff that is perfectly good, just doesn't tick the box for whoever it is in the council, that stuff has to come out. In this economic, the state we're in, that you're putting out perfectly good worktops, kitchen floors, the whole lot, getting rid of them and then allowing the tenant to go on to the community welfare officer to ask for money to put them all straight back in again. That's,
3: that's utterly ridiculous.
12: Ridiculous, and it's a complete and utter waste of public money.
3: Annette. Good talking to you. Thank you very Peter, much.
12: You're star. Thanks so much and I appreciate your time.
3: Thank you, Annette. Fantastic call. They're still doing that. Nobody has ever been able to explain to me why. No one has ever come forward from council to tell me why that is the case. Why, if I leave number 10 with a perfectly good kitchen, perfectly good floors, a boiler, instant, I've done everything, I've looked after, I've been a dream tenant. Why... Do they take it all out again? Can someone please explain that to me? 0818-969696. Tomorrow is Daffodil Day, Friday, March 24th, and Cork's 96 of M proudly supporting the Irish Cancer Society on Daffodil Day. Daffodil pill pins available from any of the volunteers across the city tomorrow. You can use them to help fund free cancer support services and life-changing cancer research. You want to find out more about Daffodil Day or indeed take part in it or donate you can go to cancer.ie
0: Join the conversation
2: This is the Opinion Live
0: with the Cork City Marathon Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team Register at corkcitymarathon.ie Cork's 96 FM The minds are live (laughs) Hello Join the conversation Call 0818
2: 969696. Text or WhatsApp 083 396
0: 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie
2: This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan 96
3: FM. Okay, we spent two hours this morning discussing the eviction ban and the decision by the Doyle last night the vote by the government to uh, maintain or to end, rather end, the eviction ban in about eight days' time. We told you how your Cork TDs voted. Sixteen out of the eighteen voted. Two of them weren't there. Ten of them voted to end the ban. they've being the members of Finnofall and Finnegale. Six voted against it, and as I said, two didn't vote. I will just. Parking that one there for a while, because um, we spent two hours on it. We'll put lots of different elements of that up in podcasts, and of course, you get the full show podcast mid-afternoon. If you missed it, uh, you can listen back to the whole lot of that again. 0818 96, 96, 96 Couple of things talk about, talk about a complete change of tack. Uh, I'm going to return to a story we dealt with yesterday in a minute, but here's two other bits of business. How many listeners Actually maybe it might be like nice to, to lighten things up for a little while And I take your I take your views on this um, We were talking to Crossy on Monday About the Late Late Show And Crossy Is calling it for Angela Scanlon And I see where in the betting She has tightened up In the betting Miriam O'Callaghan Declared herself not interested Genuinely uh, The last couple of days Claire Bourne is now seen as the favourite, I read in the paper today where this new quiz show that she'll be fronting is like an audition for the Late Late Show. That's how it's been seen inside an RTE. I've been interested in what Crossy had to say about that, but he's still putting his his dash on Angela Scanlon. Then this call comes in: How many listeners think that the Late Late Show should just be put out of its misery? I haven't watched it in years. And I really can't see any new presenter, or any change in format, bringing me back. I will say the toy show is great, but that really has nothing to do with the rest of the year. They could still run it, and just call it the Christmas toy show. I'd love to know, do people agree with me? So get rid of the late late, do something else with Friday nights, but keep the toy show. That's interesting. That is an idea. Your thoughts welcome at 81 96 it makes a change from housing and homelessness and eviction and, and all of that and then we've got this I've heard a bit about this the last week or two I haven't yet spoken to anybody directly who's been affected by it I'm very anxious if you have been a victim of this love to talk to you hi PJ I personally would like to remain anonymous, and that's fine. I'd just like to highlight car thefts in Cork City at the moment. Groups of teens are now targeting Japanese imports because there's no security on these vehicles. We've come across this before. There's a few little imported cars, lovely little cars, but they have no immobilisers in them, and they're a piece of cake to take them if you know what you're doing. On St. Patrick's Day, there was a Toyota Aqua stolen from Mahon Point at 5 o'clock. A Mazda Demio was robbed from outside someone's front door on a busy main road and burnt out a short time afterwards. There were another few robberies attempted in the area. Back in December alone, about 20 thefts took place. I'd be very grateful if you could let your listeners know to be very vigilant and put extra security into these vehicles, like a dead switch or an alarm system, as people may be unaware they don't have security features. Maybe ask the car dealerships if the vehicle you're buying has the security it needs, as I don't think they're making people aware. To make matters worse, these teens are posting it on social media, TikTok or whatever you have in yourself, with videos of the stolen cars. And they're doing handbrake turns and then burning them out when they've had their fun. As if it isn't all devastating enough for the owners. Thank you, PJ. We did talk, didn't we talk, Fergal, with um, Bob Flavin? Last year, the, the TikTok carman about these Japanese imports, which are fabulous little cars, but they don't come with immobilisers or other such devices within them. A dead switch is a great idea. I remember my first little car. you are not talking today or yesterday, but my first little car was an old Ford Fiesta, and I had a pal who was handy with cars, shall we say, and he said to me, "I'm going to do something for you that'll prevent that car from being stolen." So I thought, okay, great, grand. And he hacked into the wire. I don't know whether you can do it with modern modern cars, because there's so much electronics in them. But he hacked into the electrics of the car and because I was driving around doing gigs in this little thing. So in behind the lights inside the boot, he put in the tiniest of switches. This little small, tiny switch. Only I knew where it was. When I got out of my car, I'd flicked that switch, and man or god couldn't start the car until I flicked it back. He just cut off the electric. I don't know if you can do it quite that easily these days. Actually, we'll be talking to Bob Flavin tomorrow on the programme. Thank you, Fergal. Oh eight one eight ninety-six ninety-six ninety-six. Now oh yeah, one more lovely one. Uh, do you remember on uh, was it Monday or two? I can't know what day we have. We got this email from Chattanooga TN, which I'm assuming is Tennessee. Is it? TN, Tennessee? Email from Chattanooga in the States. In preparation of our trip in July, I decided to listen to Irish radio and I just happened to choose 96FM. Thank you. Just now, your PJ Coogan was talking to a lady who was discussing seeing all of Ireland. My husband and I have travelled to Ireland many times. He passed away in 2021. Sorry to hear that. I'm bringing my family now to Ireland in July. We're staying at Ballinwillen in Mitchellstown, Lovely place. From July 21st to August 5th. I want them to experience as much of Ireland as possible. Can you please give me the ladies' contact information? Thank you. That comes to us all the way from Chattanooga, which I'm assuming is in Tennessee. Uh, Marie Chinnery or Chinery, Chinnery I'm going to go with. That woman we were talking to is Rachel Gaffney from Cork and organises these trips to Ireland for Americans and would be, I'd say, only too delighted to help out with your trip in July. RachelGaffneys.com RachelGaffneys.com is the website or go to Rachel Gaffneys Real Ireland on Facebook and when you contact her, tell her I sent you. All right. Thank you for your me. May- and thank you for choosing to listen to 96FM to pick up on an Irish radio station before your trip in July. Thank you for being with us. 0818 96 96 96. Now, yesterday we were talking to shop owners who have de- been describing the abuse they're getting at work. It followed on from the primetime programme on Tuesday night. And they talked about being spat at, chased with needles, held at knife point horrific verbal abuse racial abuse, one incident where this guy stole coffee and when the staff confronted him with the stolen coffee he threw it at them and you know that's an assault kind of thing, all this going on around our city all of the time it prompted Pierce McCarthy, who's the new divisional organiser at Mandate, to send on a statement. Mandate is the Shop Workers Union. So we said we'd catch up with, with Pierce to see just how bad things are. Pierce, what are you hearing from your members uh, ar- around the various stores and, and shops and centres? Morning. Uh,
20: good morning, Vijay. Uh, um, thanks for having us on the show. Uh, I suppose the things that we're saying is that people are um, being verbally abused. Uh, people have been physically abused too, um, but a lot of it is it's verbal abuse, you know, and uh, it, it, it it turns people off, especially the younger people mm. um, coming into the retail sector because they are, was suppose, front of house. And you'd expect, if you go into any business that you'd uh, behave uh, accordingly. But unfortunately it, it seems that uh, this type of worker does seem to get, um, Get an awful lot of a uh, disrespect.
3: Yeah, they get the brunt of whatever aggression is out there. We see during the week where one store in the city, a Tesco and Paul Street, some of the staff are now wearing body cams. Like that with that bad state of affairs when it comes to that.
20: Well, with that, you know, we we have put uh, um we've contacted our um our people there and, you know, at the moment we won't say anything on that as of yet. But right. uh, uh, our colleagues have contacted uh, that particular shop uh, and we want to get um, some um, bit of a handle on what is going on there because, l- like that, I suppose uh, anything that would go ahead with the likes of uh, body cams and whatnot would have to be done with negotiation, consultation, and agreement. So, yeah. uh, that is a concern that we would have, you know. So, what we're trying to do is raise awareness uh, about combat- combating any type of violence, harassment. Um, in this sector. Um, and you might remember um, Jerry our General Secretary, I do. came out and his quote was, dignity and respect must transcend across all workplaces. So, you know, that's, that's what we're looking for. General kind of stuff that, you know, it, it wouldn't be that hard for any employer to uh, put in-store point of sale signage. It lets people, you know, <laughs> lets people be made aware you know, and may you know, stop them in their tracks if they are going to be abusive towards um, any recess staff.
3: Mind you, a sign, Pierce, won't stop a fella from stealing coffee and throwing it over staff as he leaves. Like we heard yesterday, yeah. happens. You know, a sign won't do a whole pile to someone who's determined to cause trouble. Really, will
20: it? Probably not, but I suppose um, it it certainly would help. I suppose uh, this country has been signposted for centuries now, and we've found a way around the the country, and I don't mean that in a a, a flippant way at all, but I suppose it would help um, in some way. But I suppose, you know, to answer your question, it's probably legislation. The government needs to introduce some legislation. That has been done in um, our nearest neighbours, I suppose, Scotland. It was introduced in autumn 2021 and with that you know you can be fined you know with up to including a prison sentence so I think that might deter some people obviously more than any signage will ever do Yeah. but uh, it definitely would be a start and unfortunately I think you said it there that's it's becoming more and more of a problem yeah definitely is
3: there's many places that you represent the workers there's other places where workers are not unionised but in general a person has a right do they not appears to be protected within their workplace they have they have a right to work in a safe
20: environment they have of course yeah and look for probably the strongest piece of legislation that is in ireland with the safety health and welfare act 2005 yeah that's a very strong piece of legislation and uh, the employer has a duty of care to make sure that it's a safe working environment and it's becoming more commonplace so it needs to be looked at as well it's not just uh, say if you walked onto a building site You didn't have your uh, safety helmet on you. It's it's a different kind of a safety we're looking at. You know, everyone needs to be um, catered for and looked after. We have strong legislation, but we need further legislation to ensure that uh, this thing doesn't go on and on.
3: The people I spoke to yesterday were employers and they pointed out to me that a big part of the problem is many of these offenders are 13, 14, 15 years of age. The law has Nothing. They can't be punished. There's no point in taking them to court. Do do we need to look at that? The, the juveniles, who carry out this kind of attack and this kind of nastiness in the shop, they have nothing to fear, Pierce. Do they need to have something put in place so they they're afraid to do
20: it? Uh, obviously, in in politics, I have the the answers to that kind of a question. But I'm sure uh, I've heard people give their views on it. Should parents be made responsible for uh, such things happening? Uh something definitely has to be done. Uh, but I think the key lies somewhere uh with legislation, uh where we go from that, I'm not hundred percent sure. We need the backing of the government and regardless, and we need the backing of employers. Because, right, uh, for as long as I'll be doing this job, we'll be advocating for for workers' rights and m- ensuring that you know, you know, any members of ours will be well looked after. You know,
3: you're calling for zero tolerance among those workers that you represent and those um, employers with whom you negotiate. Uh, you want zero tolerance for this kind of carry on.
20: Yeah, we do because no one should go into work and feel afraid to go into work, and that goes without saying. But unfortunately you know we get calls into the office from people to say oh, I am an apprehensive of going into work no one should feel apprehensive in this day and age going yeah. into work and i will say quite clearly employers need to step up to the plate there is very good employers as I said but then there's some uh, not so good Yeah, it's not a new phenomenon where people would get um, abused in the workplace but it, it definitely is happening more and more yeah. and we're seeing that with the calls coming into our offices all around the country
3: time for action now is what the union is saying
20: Time for action, yeah. And uh, we'll definitely back any action because, as I mentioned, the legislation in Scotland definitely is a deterrent. That would be a starting point, anyway.
3: Pierce, we'll see what happens. Uh, certainly, the calls coming into us of the incidents happening around Cork are, are disturbing, very worrying. And one of the shopkeepers I was talking to yesterday made a very valid point. Do we have to wait until somebody is stabbed or worse in their own place of work to do something about this?
20: That that's a conversation that we've had amongst ourselves too. So it, it would be a shame that we have to wait for that, it's something like that to happen. Obviously, no one wants to see that happening, but it would be an awful shame if it's not acted on.
3: Pierce, I'll leave it there for now. Thank you very much.
20: Okay, PJ. Thanks very much. Cheers, Pierce. <clears throat> PJ, I
3: don't know who this is. Cut out your defeatist attitude. That man putting up signs won't make matters worse. Everything helps, somehow that scumbag with the coffee, a sign might make his one brain cell think twice, no signs definitely won't make his one brain cell think twice I'm sure you're right I'm sure you're right I wasn't being defeated I think probably at this stage I've been around the block one or two times too much to, to, to um, have any faith in things like signs, but then again but then again thank you uh, 818 6 Premier League Live is taking a break this weekend over at 96am.ie. Returning Saturday next, April 1st, and powered by Talk Sport. Trevor back on Fool's Day with all the action from the Premier League, including live games, big match interviews, special guests, and much more. Premier League Live online with Harvey Norman, your home of the big screen. Returning. April 1st. They're not there this weekend. Returning April 1st on the 96fm app or at 96fm.ie. What do you mean you don't have the app? What do you mean you don't have the app yet? Download that app now. Now. Anyway, you'll find all of our podcasts on us. We do 30, sometimes more podcasts a week on the Opinion Line, including the full show every day. The full show on playback may be about 3 o'clockish ish in the afternoon but you'll get a lot of highlights from the show between 12 and 2 so just follow us wherever you get your podcasts follow us and all the bits that you missed will be up there uh, after the programme 0818 96 96
0: 96. Join the conversation
3: This is the
2: Opinion Live
0: with the Cork City Marathon Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie Cork's 96 FM When well,
11: Join Simon Murdoch on Cork's 96FM for your chance to win with the IRFU Charitable Trust Munster Golf Outing Friday, June 23rd at Fota Island. We've got 100 euro one for all vouchers to give away every day thanks to Pinergy plus an overall prize of a four ball at Fota Island Golf Resort with overnight stay thanks to Fota Island Resort. This Munster Golf Outing will have special guests, great prizes at charity raffle and auction all in aid of the IRFU charitable trust, and seriously injured rugby players. Listen from midday to win, only on Cork's 96FM. Cork's 96FM!
3: Yeah, just returning to the housing topic and the eviction topic for a sec, Sinn Féin councillor Mick Nugent has sent us a WhatsApp. Now, we were not doing anything, or very little anyway, with politicians this morning. We wanted to open the floor to listeners, to punters, to real people, but Mick has sent in this particular WhatsApp uh, just now.
11: Following the lifting of the eviction ban, I'm calling for an emergency meeting of Cork City Council to discuss
3: what provisions will be put in place as hundreds of people face eviction in the weeks and months ahead. This meeting should allow councillors to contribute in the framing of an emergency plan to deal with the eviction ban being lifted. Therefore, I think this meeting should take place as soon as possible thanks Mick 0818 96, 96, 96 on the late late show lightening the mood slightly remember I read it out before was it before or after the news I read it out uh, to, a suggestion that the late late show should be put out of its misery I, I happen to agree with that by the way I think it's run its time it's been an incredible success and servant it's been utterly wonderful at times awful at other times my personal belief if you could somehow magically bring back the great Gabo himself, I don't think you could restore it to the glory it had. I, I just don't think so. Um, there's many people being considered now. Claire Bourne, like they said. Angela Scanlon, Crossy, thinks. Shiona says I think it'll be Dohi for the late, late. Dahi O'Shea. He's in the frame. <sighs> Sounds good keeping the toy shows," says Johnny and drop the late late but they should try to keep Ryan for the toy show if possible he just suits it 100% 100% say what you like about Ryan Tuberty and the late late and I'll agree with some of it and disagree with more of it but with regard to the toy show he was born for it that would be my view anyway Ryan Tuberty ruled out doing just the toy show says Beaner who's Beaner? did he? I didn't I miss that bit I didn't miss that must have, must have got that press release but thank you 0818 96 818969696 96. back to housing um Claire you and I have spoken before about your attempts to get a forever home and you're having trouble getting mortgages and trouble getting this that and the other this is a wonderful story when I read through it Good morning.
21: Good morning, PJ. How are you this
3: morning? Good. We talked before about you being not qualifying for counsel, not qualifying for mortgage assistance, all this kind of carry on. But you've solved your problem. Tell me.
12: Um,
21: I guess we have, and I feel kind of guilty listening to Rebecca this morning and my heart breaks. We were in a similar situation to her um, in that we were saving for years uh, denying ourselves like you say the drinks the meals the holidays but we got there um, we rented for 10 years um, rent going from 350 right up to way past 1000 um, and having to move a number of times the county council turned us down for a loan and the banks and my husband happened to get a raise um, recently and we said look we have no other choice let's reapply again and we have um, approval thank God pre-approval and documentation from Brilliant. the banks and the whole lot so Brilliant. That that was one of the fights and one of the many hurdles. Um, And then we've been bidding for houses on and off for, I don't know, two, three years. And they have all gone for between 15% and 20% of the asking price and far beyond. And we've been bidding at that level uh, from... Right across the county of Kerry, I started in towns and we ended up, I we bid on one kind of six months ago. It was at the side of a mountain uh, with journeys to school of an hour either way. And my husband was looking at me going, honey, you know, this is madness. It's like, it's a home, my love. It's a home for our children. Um, but sure, we lost out on that one as well mm. because there were so many people involved Um bidding against one another and bodies encouraging them to bid and looking for more money and more money, you know, so.
3: Mm. Yeah, you get That's in there and you think I have a shout on it and yeah.
12: you're
21: crossing
3: yeah. your fingers and then you get the call, oh, it's gone up another 10,000.
21: Yeah, there, there was one in particular, um, it was just outside Kenmare and we had, there were two properties together and we had bid on one. We lost out on it, but we approached the auctioneer. I said, is there any chance you would talk to the owner? Would they consider selling the second one to us? Um, and it was the week before Christmas. We thought we had the deal done. He approached the the owner and they said they'd sell to us. We agreed the price. We said, yeah, we'll pay it. He came back two days before Christmas. Said, Could you find another 5,000? We just said, fine, I'll, I'll get it from my parents. We'll do everything to get it. And we celebrated Christmas last year thinking, oh, thank God, our family home. You know, it means everything to you. A family home, mm-hmm. a base for your kids. Mm-hmm. I felt such guilt over it. I'm getting upset now over the years that we couldn't give that to our children. And sure, but didn't we find out there were more bidders found in the new year over Christmas. Oh, and all of a sudden we were back to the same do, thing. Do, again. I see, do
3: I see both of your fingers making inverted comma marks as we speak?
21: Ah, uh, well, shall I say that I wouldn't have been on my knees praying for them. <laughs> do you know, I, do. I just, I was, and I, I think my soul was kind of smashed after that. I lost all faith in common decency, you know. So we got our approval officially in the whole lot. And I was sitting at the computer about about a month ago and I had tears rolling down my face. I'd had enough, I didn't know what to do. We had crossed so many Uh, T's and dotted I's and we had the money and we were able to bid now and we couldn't find a home. So I kind of said, look, I'm going to put an ad in in the local um, uh, publication. And the kids thought it was the funniest thing ever. They were rolling around the couch laughing at me. They thought I was mad. My husband kind of looked at me and said, oh, God bless her. Here she goes again. Mm. Uh, And he said, look, what else can we do? And I did. Um, it was something along the lines of family desperately looking for uh, someone willing to sell their home. And I did say as well, we would pay your solicitor's fees.
3: Um so you put an ad in the local were... paper to this effect.
21: <laughs> the, to, yeah, the local, uh, it wasn't an official national paper, but it was the local community paper. No. Um And they ran it, first of all, online. And they said, look, let's put it online first and see. And the editor said, you've nothing to lose. And I said, at this stage, I don't know what else to do. I just don't know what else to do. And within kind of two hours of it going live, the Kilgarvan uh, community page ran it. The Kenmare community page ran it. Um, and didn't I start getting calls? I started getting calls from uh, for semi-detached houses. Now, there were some gorgeous houses for seven hundred fifty thousand on acres of land and magnificently finished, but you sure, like that? That was way out of our budget. Mm. We were looking for something middle of the road. And sorry, um, Claire,
3: you'd given no yeah. indication in the ad of what your budget was, no.
21: No, no, I kind of wasn't comfortable doing that. I just, I hoped the ad would show we were no nonsense. We had, we were true to our words. We wouldn't mess around. They'd name their price. We would agree a price if we could afford it and we would pay their solicitor's fees. And I found that there were many people called me. They were just on the cusp of uh, considering contacting someone to sell their house for them. And they just didn't want the drama of it. The viewings, the communication, the just the nonsense. Hmm. And they, that was, they were the type of people, they are out there and they were the type of people ringing, looking. I spoke to some beautiful people and they hmm. all, once they heard I was a, an average Joe Soap, decent, hmm. uh, you know, that I meant... You were for looking
3: for heard. stuff as well. I just wanted to point this out. You were looking for stuff hmm. a- around the county bounds because even though you're in Kerry... It's your Cork is your your heart Carol isn't it
0: it is <laughs>
21: I'm
12: a Cork woman
21: <laughs> uh, I'm living down here I am and they're great I love to carry people as well but I'm a Cork woman my mum and dad are still there I was I was willing to we'd even looked at McCroom so the, the loca- like like that program location location location. it wasn't so much that we were hung up on where to live we just couldn't find like the the, the search was stretched 100 miles either direction right. it, I had we had gotten to that stage but we found a friend of mine saw the ad, and she had just um, been looking after a property for a fellow over in New Zealand. Nice. Um, the tenants had just left, and she she rang me. She said, "God, do you want me to to ask him?" I said, "Do." And within two, <laughs> be honest, it goes within two days. He's a gorgeous man. He loved the idea of dealing with us straight up. He did an evaluation uh, evaluation for the house. He named his price. We got to a place where we could agree a price. We are paying his solicitor's fees and he's a gent. um, And we have found, I try to keep the tears at bay now, but we have found our family home. And it has been one hell of a journey these last two, three years, you know. I can, coming home to tell the kids, uh, we went to view it, obviously, with uh, my friend. And coming home, we brought my daughter who happened to be sick that day. And, uh, coming home to tell my son that night that we had found our home and they they actually still it had left, oh yeah We've heard this before, you know, yeah. um, and and it, it's it's down. And now, kind of two weeks, it has settled a little bit, and uh, the contracts are with the solicitors. And please, God, is going to go through and the whole lot. We're communicating with the owner over in New Zealand all the time, and um, asking questions. That's another thing we can ask him questions about the drains, the water, where, why he did this insulation. It's it's just it's wonderful. It's a breath of fresh air, mm. communicating with someone at, at this level. Honestly. Um, and everything up front. And the kids now are going, oh, they're just finally beginning to trust, can I paint my room my own colour? My son mm-hmm. said, can I have a black wall? I said, "Colum, my gorgeous boy, you can have whatever colour you want. Um, they're beginning to trust it and having a garden to run around. Do you know the security, now our landlord is a fabulous, he's a gent as well, he's a lovely man. But having knowing that we won't have to um, worry about what if he wants to sell, what if he wants to do this. It will be our own home and our family. And I can, I can get my nails dirty in the garden again, and mm. I can start and, planting. And, and, and
3: I home. noticed Look, Claire, yeah. not an estate mm. agent in sight. The only no. fee will be the conveyancing by this lister. Yeah. A lot of people wouldn't yeah. realise you can do this.
21: We had no other choice. It was the only way I think that we, and look, we have found our family home. Like when you think of it, there's local um, papers, there's national papers, there's notice boards, there's TikTok. I'm not a TikToker, but if you put on your imagination hat and your creative hat, Oh God, I'd love it if people could find their way to what we have found. Just think outside the box. That's what I I wrote. Think outside the box and don't stick to their rules. Start to write your own rules because, and again, I'm getting emotional, it's the only way that some of us will get to our and to get to the keys where we walk in the door of our own family home, you know.
3: When is that likely to happen?
21: Uh, please God, it's going to be kind of me and now there's a bit of work to do. My husband is actually a builder. Um, that comment that you said earlier on uh would have been from myself where he's in a fabulous firm and they're um responsible for so many housing, public um, housing uh, projects, and they're, they're kept at bay. They're waiting a year to kind of finish them yeah, or get them yeah, started yeah. because of all of the planning, uh, red tape and all of the, you know, the whole level. It's just, I hope we'll be doing a bit of work ourselves and we'll be in for August.
3: Is there much to do? Please
21: God. Uh, there, there's a fair bit but to look we'll turn our hand to us. there's <laughs> you know mm. there have been tenants in it for the last eight years that um, they didn't look after us they would look after they did. They weren't kind of like us as such it wasn't their home I suppose and I it's not a priority then, so and, and the owner
3: the, the owner didn't yeah. didn't want the hassle of estate agents he didn't and-
21: he, he didn't yeah and he he actually the only thing that's going into the contract on his side is he's coming home in november and he wants access to this little outbuilding where he can clear um clear out his personal his beautiful uh, you know belongings himself and i said to him i said i can't wait to have you at our kitchen table with your son his son is 15 i think and we will break bread with them and we will drink wine with them and i just want to hug the man what a it moment that's strange. going to be clear What's that?
3: What a moment that's going to be!
21: Yeah, yeah. I think he's beginning to realise what he has been able to do for us as a family. Um, I just can't wait to meet the man uh, because he's just such a decent human being. I think is he a he's local? Got the price more or less. He's he is a local man, I believe. I don't know him. Um, I kind of keep the head down. I don't take much notice really of the drama that goes on in the community, but I believe he is. Um, he's known to some of my, um, some of my friends and I believe he's a, he's a lovely man, uh, you know, So I can't wait. I just can't wait to cook him a lovely meal and, uh, you know, enjoy his company. Um, and I think he's reassured he has some pets buried in the garden and, Ah. uh, Yeah, and I wanted to know where they were buried so we wouldn't disturb them, you know. Um, It's just, I'm very lucky and I'm aware of sharing my story when I heard Rebecca's earlier on and so many others that are faced with such uncertainty. This government, oh my God, I think necessity is the mother of all invention, isn't that it? That's what I did, but I think if our politicians needed things more and they weren't as flahool and they weren't as rich and maybe they'd need, maybe they'd be better able to solve the problems and put their attention to it and be determined more to solve the problems. I remember
3: the last time it was, and forgive me if I'm retelling this wrongly now, but wasn't it that you couldn't get the county council grant because you have a carer's, correct? And A small,
21: a part carer's payment, yeah. And
3: that part carer's was taken into account and put you over the limit for the council grant, but the bank wouldn't take it into account and wouldn't give you a mortgage, correct?
21: Yeah, the banks don't consider a payment, and rightly so. It's payment for the kids, yeah, which know. is spent every single on the kids, yeah. uh, every single penny. But yeah, they, it was just over as well. It was I about know. €2,000 Euro over. Well, look, and I wrote to every politician in the land. None of them well,
3: wanted to. I, I am actually, you, I, I am, I'm a little bit, little bit emotional for you. I think this is wonderful.
21: It's it's so special. It's, you know, it's great for myself and my husband, um, but for my kids, it has changed. They don't trust human nature now. At at 12 and 13, because of their experience and having gone to viewings and set their heart, especially at the one last year, they didn't trust people anymore. And they are beginning to realise, gosh, look what you can do now if you think outside the box. Look what can be done if you just say, oh, look, how am I going to do this? How am I going to get through the walls that the government keep on putting up to stop me getting my family home. How can I get through? How can I smash through the wall? Brilliant. And how can I get there? You know, this is oh, just I wish brilliant. everybody such good luck. Um, and Rebecca, if you're listening, oh, just I will keep you in my thoughts and prayers because okay. nobody should have to put up with this. Nobody. And, you know, the sooner I know an election isn't ideal, but the sooner we get to vote, and maybe change things, um, it might be no harm, you know.
3: Anne says, fair play to you, Claire. You're an inspiration. I paid our estate agent 10 grand. I could have furnished the house oh, with it.
21: I, d- I know. Oh, I know. I know. Did you know this is what we had to, to do and this is the path that we had to take, you know? So
3: I'm delighted to you. I'm I wish really, really to really everyone.
21: Sad. Thank you. Take care. <laughs> Thank Claire. you
3: so much. Cheers.
21: Thank you. Thanks, Bye-bye. PJ. Good Bye. luck. Goodbye. Goodbye. Do
3: you know what? We had a lot of sadness on the, the programme this morning in our first couple of hours. I think that redresses the balance. What a wonderful, wonderful story. 0818 96 96, 96. Staying with the, or coming back to the Late Late Show stroke Toy Show. The suggestion that came in that we just scrap the Late Late Show and keep the Toy Show. Lot of support for that idea. Have to tell you.
0: Join the conversation. This
2: is the opinion line
0: with the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at Cork Marathon.ie. ninety six FM.
3: We're suckers for an animal story on the opinion line, and our listeners are worse than we are. Tori Joyce from. West Cork Animal Welfare, where'd you come across this little <laughs> duck? And what? It's the cutest little story. Where'd you come across the duck?
5: Oh, it's a wonderful story, PJ. And good morning to you and all your good morning listeners. To you. And thank you for having us on. Yes, it's an amazing story. It, it all started the other morning when I got a lovely um, message from a lady called Yvonne Dempsey in Tronakilty. And her husband, Michael Dempsey, who's actually a builder, in he's building actually in a state called on Truhan Biog opposite Ladies Cross, who we also built and he'd obviously contacted her and he said to her "He, he a colleague arrived in with a, with a duck stuck wedged in the grill of the car and what on earth would they do? The grill of the so, car? Yeah, in the grill of, of the van, is actually the work van. Okay. So it was actually Ray the, the painter whose car the, the duck arrived in, so Michael is great he was on the ball, he contacted Yvonne Yvonne contacted us, what to do so it transpires that Ray had left Cork City area, gone through a place called Ballygarvan, that area, and he heard a bang, but he looked in his mirrors. Obviously, didn't see anything, so he kept driving for another 45 minutes. Can you imagine that? Yeah. Arrived into Biog Michael then was right on the job. He got the duck out, and she seemed to be okay, but very, very stressed. So he put her into a, a quiet room, which which part of the estate, and kept her stress-free. And Yvonne contacted us. So what we did then was to ascertain whether she was injured. So just leave her for a while, let her calm down. And I said I wanted a photo, because she could have been a domestic duck.
3: Oh, Um, do people keep pets? Keep ducks as pets?
5: Well, ducks, yeah, duck eggs, you can... You come to Skibbereen Market, PJ. There's oh, many a duck egg for sale.
3: <laughs> a couple of poached duck eggs. You can't do better. There than you breakfast. go. There you are.
5: <laughs> so, but it transpired that she was actually a, a female mallard duck, and I would have some experience with ducks as I have reared a couple of ducklings in a long time ago. Um, so, I just say keep her quiet. Put a bowl of water in, but they won't. Wild birds won't feed when they're stressed. So I contacted a friend of mine in Valley to Jez Sims, who actually is an expert on... I have three people I use um, for wildlife. One is Charlie Lee at Skibbereen Garden Centre. One is uh, Rita Eaton in Skibbereen, and then Jez Sims. And Jez has worked all over the world. And he, I just ran everything by him, and he said, yes, um, perfect, keep her quiet. But we mm-hmm. did want to make sure she wasn't injured because she would have gone into our vets in Faxbridge if she'd been injured. But she seemed okay. Yeah. So Michael was great. He he just kept an eye on her. And uh, I must say, thanks so much to Michael and his colleagues. They were absolutely amazing. Mm. They followed all the advice. So obviously they had no carrier. So what we thought, we made a plan. The best thing to do was the guy who actually hit her knew the exact area. So to get her returned back to her own habitat. So the rescue came down with a carrier so we could put her in it. And Jez did say to me, probably the best thing is to put her in a bit later, when it's quieter, and let her go again. So Ray put her into the van, brought her back in the afternoon, and released her. And I don't know if you've seen the video, PJ? Oh, yeah. Of her flying away? Looks great. I tell you something. we we did contact her
3: her for comment. (laughs) (laughs)
5: <laughs> there she is <laughs> and Michael now has um, apparently a new nickname uh, the West Cork Duck Whisperer
3: <laughs> so I'm sure he's
5: delighted it's with that a
3: lovely story Tori Wonderful. A, a lucky duck really she was cause... oh
5: 45 minutes can you imagine wedged in the grill in the front of a van poor thing uh, must have been terrified oh terrified now it has happened before where birds have wedged in, in grills and they have not survived yeah
3: well That one did, and great story, from uh, the West Cork Animal Welfare Group, Tory Joyce. There's the duck. Do you really think I could resist it? Of course not. Just lastly, to close on estate agents, Kate knows someone who was buying a house that belonged to a friend of his. He was told the price was going up. He met the friend and says, I see your house has gone up in price again. First I heard of it, said the friend. He went back to the estate agent, who then admitted there was no higher offer in This carry-on is rampant. Don't talk to me about it, Kate. I saw it when I was moving house in 2004. I called it ghost bidding. I called it fake bidding. Houses that went up by 20 grand just because you showed an interest. Still out there. It's supposed to be illegal, but it's still out there. Thank you for that. She's still going on. Here's her happy little duck. That is it for today It's been a busy one Programme edited by Imro Hay Produced and researched by Fergal Barry Thank you so much for all your contributions For joining the conversation in whatever way you did I will talk to you tomorrow just after 9
0: Join the conversation This
2: is the Opinion
0: Line With the Cork City Marathon Take on your next challenge this June By running solo or with a team Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie Cork's 96F